Mike, turn your games down. Hi, welcome to another TV episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilberton, and who is singing Christmas songs with me tonight? Hello, bro. It is Kenneth Sanity, bro, here to talk about things with you today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm Bill Zucker from A Gamer Looks at 40. I'm not following that. That was lovely. <laughs> and I'm Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com. And the greatest Christmas gift you can give any character is plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So this, we are here to talk about, which, again, is a perfect Christmas show. That's I remember thinking that a year ago, and I actually kept to my idea. Thank you, Mike. Good job, Mike. You kept to an idea. We are here to talk about Hawkeye, the 2021 TV series, which I'm assuming we are only getting the one season and that's it. I'm assuming this will never have a second season, which I don't want it to. So I'm not complaining. Not didn't like it. It's just I'm OK with these shows being one thing and then moving. And then, you know, they serve their purpose. OK, with some of these shows doing that. Yes. I mean, Loki is getting a second season. I'm it, That deserves it. But this show, to me, really feels like it's a it's it was it was there to kind of send off Jeremy Renner. And, and then Kate Bishop will take over from here. Or Kate Stein, Haley Stein. That's yeah, how I, I feel about this yeah. show. I agree. I was going to ask about that, and like, you know, at the end, I guess. But so is she now going to be the new Hawkeye? Because they never gave her a fancy superhero name. Her name is just Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah. So she's going to be yeah. a new Hawkeye. Okay. Because yeah. that was like the ending. Because she was like, I'm going let, to let's like Lady Hawk. And he's like, no. And then he's like, okay. And how, how about you just use? And then it cuts. And then just the words Hawkeye come up. Ah, uh, see, I again, I wasn't I didn't read into it like that. I actually want I'd like to see them as a partnership. Right. But it makes more sense where he finally, finally says, screw this. I've had enough. I want to stay home with my family, you know, which is which is and we'll talk about kind of the themes of this and, and where it goes. But I, I really I, I honestly I'm like, is her name going to be like Bullseye? Because the last shot is <laughs> of a target, right? An archery target. So I'm like, yeah, is she going to be Bullseye or That's something? And then, oh, is it really? Oh, so yeah, there's a villain, Bullseye. Yeah, of course, there's mm. 7,000 Marvel characters that actually matter. Yeah, I'm sure there is one. <laughs> no, I, I decided to save that for the for the show. I didn't really know. <laughs> Does anyone in this universe even need code names anymore? Because all of them pretty much are public servants at this point. True. Yeah. It's very like, true. I think Peter Parker is the only one with a genie back in the bottle, and everyone else is just like... It's a big phase four problem for me is that like the entire world treats these stories like they also have access to Disney Plus. <laughs> like right. everyone seems to know everything as if like Avengers Endgame wasn't a thing that happened. It was a movie that came out in theaters. <laughs> okay. 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 I can counter this. I can counter this. There is absolutely, I'm sure, an e entertainment network in this world. And they have, like, behind the Avengers or something. There are all sorts of celeb reality, like, deep dives on their lives. And there are entire shows probably dedicated to superhero gossip and who's seeing who. And, oh, look what so-and-so wore to Black Widow's funeral. You know, stuff like True, that. True, but, like, we'll get into it with this show. Like, And, and it, it bothered me with Black Widow in the post credit scene where... Like, I know who did a thing. It's like, how did you know? There were three people there. One of them died and the other was a ghost. <laughs> well, it's and it's actually I, I kind of side with with Kenneth on this one, because 
I like the fact that the MCU kind of removes the artifice, right? That kind of, ooh, they're mysterious cloaked figures in the night. I like the fact that they're celebrities. I kind of agree with that. I think it 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 provides the shows and the movies the 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 freedom to just be there. And I also <laughs> like the way people react to them as celebrities. Like, oh, you're Hawkeye. I know exactly who you are. I have an action figure for sure. Like, I'm just, <laughs> there are people collecting MCU action figures just like we do. Exactly. So, oh, yeah. and it also allows us to self-insert that. a little bit. You know, like how would we react if a Hawkeye showed up? It does make for silly moments, though, like when they're fighting in Rockefeller Center and not a single police officer shows up. Not one <laughs> cop. You realize Manhattan's not that big geographically. Like, See, I don't know that. But they are all not. white, so. This is <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would say shots fired, but that equates to shots not fired. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's called yeah, let's be honest here. Come on now. <laughs> It's very fair, but it, it does make for silly moments, which again, that was not lost on me as they're fighting, as they knock down the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, which is like top three iconic holiday things in, I don't know, the country. <laughs> they cut the damn thing in half and all of a sudden, not a single police officer shows up, 300 people in track suits. How did you get 300 track suits? I don't think I could go online and find 300 track suits in bulk. So again, Silly stuff like that happens. However, <laughs> I, I'm willing to make that trade. I, yeah, I'm willing to trade that. Okay. All right. Look, the tracksuits obviously came from overseas. It was a big order made from a garment factory. They found <laughs> it on Wish.com, which is why they don't quite look like Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> Wish.com tracksuits. Hey, you know what? Wish. That actually tracks. I can. <laughs> I've ordered hey. shit from Wish. It tracks. How many tracksuits have you ordered from from Wish, no there, Mike suit. Alberton? But I have ordered oh, stuff okay. from Wish. You get to, actually, I have a really cool rug I got from Wish that's like Eevee and Pokemon stuff, and it actually looked as like it did in the picture. But I've okay. seen Wish's strange place. Oh, it certainly never is. I, I I was gonna say that it's Wish.com tracksuits for Wish.com thugs. Boy, oh boy, are they useless! Man, <laughs> return them. Hey, I love them. Oh, they're great comedy, but they are not effective. <laughs> they are terrible. Oh, I'm just happy that this show does not go the bro way as much as the comic does. That's why this podcast will bro. Which is <laughs> I also like I so I've said on this show before, I'm a big fan of Hawkeye, you know, as a character. In in the MCU, I don't like him as much. How dare you. I wanna say, because I just I don't I just there's something about him that I just don't enjoy as much in in but I feel like this show did a good job of really making me care about Hawkeye more than I ever had before. And the fact that the show starts off with him at a Christmas play, which is essentially PTSD for him because he's watching a play called Rogers about when the Avengers fought, you know, the Chichari in 2012. And it's just like, you know, like I get it. Like some people are like, well, that's kind of insensitive. I think about it. it's been like 15 years or so in their world because of the blip and everything. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we have stuff about terrible times that happen in our history too. Have you know, you that's not, Levin? have you seen Love and Thunder yet? Unfortunately, yes. Okay, so what's worse, Rogers the musical or a Thanos themed ice cream parlor? Oh, it's Infinity Cones, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, Thanos. I, I let me let me now publicly state that again. I, I I've said this on the show before. I, I spend a good amount of time in New York, living there. I'm from the Northeast, Northern New Jersey, and I have seen my fair share of musicals in my day. I've seen probably fifteen. Or so, which is more nice. than most. That's a lot. 
I like musicals. I One of my secret dreams was to do musical theater. So that kind of thing is right in my pocket. And I've seen some cheesy ones, 42nd Street, and I've seen The Producers, which is actually pretty good, A Chorus Line. Those really cheesy ones that you go to like the discount line, the TKTS line, you know, the day of and just get random ticket for half off. I've been I've done that many times in my life. And I sat there thinking, <laughs> can I would I go see Rogers the musical? And I th- I thought about it. And, and right after my answer was no, I don't think I can go <laughs> see this. And then that damn song was in my head for three days. And I'm like, damn it, I probably would. <laughs> I probably would go see Rogers the Musical. Uh, it's I'm just a sucker for big, cheesy, corny Broadway. I but don't no, know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have that effect on you if you weren't somebody who had went through all that terribleness. And that I think that's, you know, one thing about it. It's that, you know, that's good point. for him, it, you know, more trauma also because he's still like, I mean, this, this movie, re- the show really shows He's really suffering what happened to Black Widow at the end of Endgame. And so am I. Uh, I am too, sir. I am yeah, too. So you can do- well, here's a question that how far after the the blip was this? Do they ever say? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because be a I few think years. Yeah. A lot of things. I mean, phase four, there's just so much of it. And yes, there is. I think they've said like certain things take place before certain things. So it's hard to say. So I, don't I mean, know. they. They do yeah. make a comment saying that it's been a few years since Ronan has been cited. Yes. And Ronan yeah, doesn't Ronin go away to operating during the blip, too. Yeah. So my so, guess is it's been at least a few years. So then my question then is, so if this if this took place, let's say everyone's back. Obviously, everyone's back. We've, we've established that. And if it takes yeah. like, like three years after, let's just say three or four. That's way I agree with you now, Mike. Now I would not see it because it's too fresh in their minds. Like evidently they've rebuilt New York in three years after half the buildings were destroyed by giant space slugs. So <laughs> or whatever the hell it was or everyone's blipped. Right. So it's been rebuilt. Like that almost be like 9-11, the musical. Like no one wants to see. Oh, now. good point. Like, well, 9-11, point. The musical. Uh, as someone who is from the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, come from away is about people from America who were diverted to Gander Airport during 9-11, and that's huge. Hey, um, okay. But I don't know how, because, I mean, that was, I can't remember when Come From Away officially launched, but, I mean, it's longer than, like, but I guess in the Avengers timeline, so if the Avengers is 2012, and then there was a blip for five years, you're looking at, what, at tw- least 2023, 24, 25? So that's, like, 13 years post the Chitauri invasion. Yeah. And according to director Reese Thomas, this takes place two years after everybody came back. Interesting. Okay. That's not okay. I mean, two years. No, but it makes sense why he's still suffering and people are trying to move on from it too. Well, also remember too, is that we're spending so much time on the damn musical, by the way, I'm sorry I brought this up. We also remember, too, the musical is about them fighting the Shatari, really. I mean, that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. So if that was like 10 years ago, then I could see that for sure. And boy, oh, boys. And I, again, this the, the post credit, the, the final scene is that the full song, which I'm so glad the full song is in there, <laughs> the full production. It made me very happy. I, I laughed so hard throughout it. There is so much New York wankery in that. Wankery. like. <laughs> There, and and that is how every Broadway play is. It's all like, New York is the best. And you're like, 
aren't you glad you visited? It's all for the tourists, you know, those making like rat jokes and it smells. If you live there, you're like, I'm aware. I know. I have I have mousetraps everywhere. I'm I know. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, New York musical. That's cute for the couple that's in here from Sheboygan. But that's not cool for me. You have to deal with that nonsense. It's, it's, it, it was very, very on the nose. Wait, don't tell me someone here is from a Sheboygan. I just made that up. That's it's a Wisconsin word. city. But I am from Wisconsin. So am I, but is I don't Is that where Wisconsin's from? Is that where Sheboygan yeah, that is? Actual I have city no idea. I pulled that out because it's, it's for me in my awful New York East Coast bias. It's a silly name. I'm sorry. It is a silly name, but yeah, it's a Wisconsin city. Ken, you're That's more funny. than welcome to come to New York and enjoy our, our wonderful smelly city. It's perfect. I, was, I want I to. planning to come to New York uh, probably this summer, actually. I've never been. Oh, you summer. Okay. Summer in the city is especially pungent. I'm just letting you know. I'm just That's, letting you know. I want to go in, I want to go at Christmas time now. After watching this show, I was looking at my wife. I'm like, we got to go to New York someday during I'm like, you would love it in Christmas time. Like, we just stay there for a few days. You see the tree. We'll do a few things and get the hell out of there. But you'll oh, love it. So. I, I, ah, man, it's great. Ice skating at Bryant Park. And she mentions the Union Square Holiday Village where you have all these shops and vendors. Real stuff. Everything in this show is very, very accurate with some ex- with some exceptions, like her apartment. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, soundstage somewhere in, in, in California. That is not a thing. But um, you should come, man. Yeah, no. tickets, tickets to the Nutcracker Ball. Sure, you can you can do that at uh, at Lincoln Center. They have it every year. Whatever. What's the Nutcracker thing called? I can't remember. Uh-oh. I've seen it. I've been there. I just know um, that it, it, this show made me want to go to New York more than I really have any. Like, I'm trying to go to different cities throughout this country and like do stuff besides just stay in one place. Yeah, <laughs> it's New York. New York at Christmas is magical. I, I try to go every, at least every couple of years when I'm in town for. To visit family for Christmas. Okay. We'll take a trip into the city. We're going to do that this year. We'll see the tree and all that fun stuff. It's great. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to do my best to make that happen in a couple of years. I'm going to New Mexico this year. But Can, can I tell an extremely quick story and then we'll move sure. on? It's completely unrelated. We'll do this for three hours. Sorry. That's all. fine. When I, many, many, many years ago, I was working in Jersey and very, very close to the city, East Rutherford, which is where MetLife Stadium is if you're a football fan. And I, so I went, so we had some coworkers from Fargo, North Dakota come into town. And one of the managers at one of the branches, his partner was at the time, one of the theater managers at the Majestic, which is where they do Phantom of the Opera. I don't know if they still do it Phantom at the Majestic, but that's what it was. So he tells this couple, Hey, go into the city on Thursday night, ask for JR or whatever name was, ask for him and he'll set you up with seats. He'll just walk you in. He puts down a couple of chairs in the upper mezzanine, like front row upper mezzanine, which is like a $150 ticket each. Sit there, watch a show, enjoy yourself for free. And I've done this before. You know, he, they set up like four chairs for us and boom, sit and have fun. So the next day we go and I ask them, so, hey, how was Phantom? And they're like, we, we, we didn't go. Why? Why didn't you go? It was a free ticket. They're like, we took the train in. We got out, looked around, got scared and, and went back. <laughs> they got out of the train station. Again, this is like Grand Central Station. This is like middle of Times Square. This is like obscene amount of lights. They're from Fargo, yeah. North Dakota. They've never seen anything oh, close to that this. Complete sense. And that it just freaked them out. So they just turned around and went back. Because their thing was, I, I, and this is before like GPS on phones. This was way, way ago, like 15 years ago, easy. And they just didn't know what to do with themselves. I, I, they, get, they, they were afraid they were going to get lost. They were afraid they were going to get mugged. It was... It's like November, you know, it's cold. And it's just overwhelming when you when you step out of that. I'm pretty sure it was like 
maybe the path train or something. I don't know. But anyway, they freaked out and went home. So went back to the hotel. So uh, yeah, but don't so don't that. do that, Mike Alberton and Kenneth. No, I I, I, well, I wouldn't be allowed to. My wife be like, no, we're going. So just just soldier Plus, on. Yeah, I, I went to Vegas and I, I I did Vegasy stuff and ran around and explored a bit, even though I was like, I want to go back to hotel room. But no, I get that. <laughs> don't buy a dirty water dog. Don't do that. They're gross, and I don't care what people say. Oh, it's fine. No, it's not. Go away. Don't do that. How um, is a dirty water dog? There's like little food carts, these little hot dog oh. carts that are sprinkled around the city, especially around Times Square. They sell these the hot dogs. And the water hasn't been changed since the, I don't know, late 90s. So yeah. you don't want to. <laughs> so gross. Don't, don't eat those things. I wouldn't plan on it. But thank hey, well, you people do. It's a, it's a very touristy thing that, that people do because they say they think you have to. You do not. I mean, I did eat a hot dog in Chicago when I visited. So I had Chicago dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hot dogs are just lips and assholes. Come on, grow up. Oh, was yeah, fair point. They are pretty good. <laughs> okay. Not gonna lie. <laughs> so, back anyway, to, back to all guys. Another thing I want to say: I like the fact that this show does a lot about you know trauma, PTSD. Like the whole way you're introduced to Kate Bishop is her seeing the first thing you see her during 2012 when she's in New York in a fucking penthouse apartment, and you see her or condo, maybe is the more correct word. But you it's see her witnessing Hawkeye, you know, saving, you know, fighting aliens and her dad dies. Like you already start the show, the show with trauma that she went through that affects her whole life because she lost her father at a young age or a traumatic event. Just like, a reminder, this is a Disney show, but go on. <laughs> yes, but still, I mean, <laughs> well, I guess they always, but yeah, it was just, I mean, it just starts off with that. I mean, and that plays such a big part in everything she does in the, like that inspired her to do everything. I mean, this is what inspires her to become an archer, which inspires her that ends up on this whole adventure that she ends up on is all because of what he did in 2012. And I like that. I also like how, like, you have Hawkeye, you find out early on he has a hearing aid, and, and he's like, well, they're like, what happened? He's like, well, it just shows scenes from all the different, you know, stuff he's been in. Like, well, that makes perfect sense. Like, the guy's been beating the shit out of him, and he's just a regular guy. Yeah, and I, okay, like, I know this is a thing in the comic. We talked about it. Yes. Um before but i really just don't you know appreciate how there was no like gradual lead up it was just like oh yeah by the way hawkeye is hard of hearing now and they like press the death button <laughs> like i uh, yeah i felt like they, that they chose the cherry pick from my life as a weapon without using any real context of what the story is about <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like it was kind of nice seeing some of the stuff from my life as a weapon on the screen. It is, like, but I, yeah. I feel I it's the wrong Hawkeye. This is my I I really hate <laughs> being on this show now because I feel I'm going to be the only <laughs> one who's who's down on this show because oh, that's fine. I I didn't like it. I was super excited to see it. Having I read most of the Matt Fraction run, I definitely from the start. I absolutely fell in love with it. I was so excited. I remember when they announced Daredevil on Netflix. I was like, man, I just want to see a Hawkeye show that's like this, that adapts that in this style. But then I think I and when Age of in red like relation to one another, but in Age of Ultron, it's like Hawkeye's family was introduced. So he's like a family man. So you can't have like that kind of crappy single deadbeat divorced hawkeye living in a crappy apartment building like mm -hmm. th that hawkeye doesn't gel with like this hawkeye and it's very weird 
to try and adapt that story for a character that it doesn't work with. But I, I have to dis. Well, I, I did again. Again, this is coming from somebody who doesn't read. I've, I've never. Again, I've said this on a, on this show a hundred times. I think I've read three comic books, and then yeah, a bunch don't of read like that Hawkeye run. So yeah, I read the whole like, thing. I hated it, but that's in there. <laughs> yeah, I think I've read three comic books to completion in my life. So I remember it's kind of like the Mario movie. These movies are not made for you, or these shows are not made for you, really. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. They're gonna they're gonna cherry pick, like you said, things from different books and different personalities to flavor it. So the flavors for you, but the meat of the cake, the meat of the cake, the the, the, <laughs> the meat of the cake is not really for the comic book reader anymore. It's for the casual viewer who likes the MCU and wants to see those stories continue. So no offense, it's not. And again, I, I it would be nice if it was more for you. And that stinks. The fact that this book that they're adapting doesn't doesn't translate like it's just it can't be that character but I, I again i really like the familial stuff i like the fact that he's sick of this shit he doesn't want to do this anymore <laughs> and now he's thrown back into this situation when all he wants to do is be with his family at christmas and that's such a pure motivation and again as a dad i maybe i connect with that a little more i'd probably be in the same boat but, but that is a driving factor i think really moves this along personally so I will be sympathetic. I, I that sucks that this doesn't track with the stories that you like. And so I, I apologize if I if I was dismissive of that. In contrast to that, I would say, yeah, I get that. But like, so Captain America: The Winter Soldier is nothing like Ed Brubacher's Captain America: The Winter Soldier storyline, but it honors it enough that I absolutely love that movie, right. and I like uh, how. Like you feel like the motivation of him wanting to get out of here is like the through line, because I think this show's problem is that it doesn't have a through line and it's very hard to enjoy it when the main character doesn't want to be there. Cause that's how I feel when I watch <laughs> this show where it's just like Hawkeye doesn't want to be part of the Hawkeye show. Like he would <laughs> rather be doing something else. So it's like, well, yes. if you don't want to be there, what investment do I have for you to, to keep watching this? My, well, yeah. I, w- I would counter that. I'm sorry, I can't go ahead. No, I was just going to say, damn, but like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not no, just- I mean, I feel like <laughs> Renner was done with this character, too. Oh, I know. I think that's 100%. And I would counter that is that's why you have the plucky you know, Haley Seinfeld, or how I think it's how you pronounce her name. Yeah. That's Haley. why you have the plucky uh, Kate who wants to be here so, so desperately bad. So I think that that contrast is really good and interesting. And that's a classic. I have a classic. Almost a but because this is kind of like a buddy cop movie almost where you have that grizzled veteran and the plucky go getter. And mm-hmm. I think that dynamic really works for me. Again, I just think that motivation of I want to and he wants to save the day. He's a, he is a hero. He's a reluctant hero. He doesn't think he's a hero. Again, like you said, Mike, you and him are still mourning Black Widow's <laughs> demise. You yes. get that thrown in his face when, when Florence Pugh shows up. So it's. Yeah, I, 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 for me personally, I really dug the dynamic, and maybe it's because I don't have a strong enough connection with the comics. Um, even though I do know, yeah, I like to think I know the MCU pretty well at this point. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so no, I think it's just different opinion, different tastes. No, that's fair. No, I mean, if you enjoyed the comic, I completely can see it because this is not really like the comic at all. I mean, I. I enjoyed some of that comic, but I read that whole run, and I remember it just it got it got to me after a while. But this is a when again the MCU is very like it's notorious for that where it takes some things and make its own, and it does it it completely does its own thing with stuff all the time. Sometimes I mean yeah, like with the show, like I mean 
you know, we have a lot less bro than we would have had in the comic. That's for sure. <laughs> Which is a goddamn shame. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want Wait. to read this comic now just to get like that different perspective. But again, that would require me to, you know, read. Yeah. If I can get you digital version of that comic without any issue. It's just that you, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I would, I, you know, I would be interested in checking it out to see the difference. Okay. Yeah, I would it's, be actually. It's a real, I mean, the start with like the tracksuit mafia, it's such a very small story. It's just almost like Hawkeye because the whole point of it. And what's so great about this, at least because I, I'm not sure if I actually saw it to its conclusion because I think I ran out of steam after a while. Because I, I do that with a lot of comics and money oh, and budgets and things like that. It gets bad. But the whole point is, what does this guy who's an Avenger, what does he do just in his day-to-day life? And it's just him living in this, like, apartment building and, and dealing with, like, his neighbors. And then there's just, like, these, like, tracksuit mafia guys who are just trying to just be, like, assholes, essentially, and just fighting them off. Like, it's not a grand gale like story or a murder mystery i mean this isn't really either because i mean there's not really much of a mystery no there's Um, no mystery in this no yeah so it's very much just like a small scale story and and him dealing with like being on his own and kind of being like a deadbeat guy and no it's fantastic at least the start of it anyways (laughs) i mean i get why they didn't do that on this road because this hawkeye is much different i did find it funny how and Age of Ultron, they make it seem like no one knows he has a family, and here they all know about his family. Like, well, <laughs> well, now again, they this do. is this is this is yeah, now they do, right? <laughs> yeah, and I like the idea that he's facing the trauma of what he did as Ronan because he killed a lot of fucking people as Ronan for no reason, yes. just to just to kill him. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No reason. Well, okay, they broke the law. That's the reason. It was a vigilante, That's right? Yeah. yeah, plenty of good reason. I can point you to at least okay, Punisher. <laughs> Judge Dredd. I can keep going. I don't like you. I like Punisher. Okay. I don't like Judge Dredd. Moon Knight. Um, Moon Knight. How? (laughs) I mean, are we talking not so great television Moon Knight or pretty? I haven't read a Moon Knight comic yet. I'm supposed to for the show because Ken's been trying to get me to. One day I'm going to soon, but I have not yet. I feel like now I will be soon. Read from the dead. I will gladly do it. I have nothing else else to do but record. (laughs) I feel like so. I will gladly. Now you y'all y'all mentioned the uh, condo that Kate and her her mom live in. Uh, what's what's the what's the mother's name? Uh, Eleanor. 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 Yeah. So you mentioned that condo. So they actually give the address. I think they say it's forty six Park. That I don't think is an actual condo. It may have been at some point, but I think it's commercial building now. Oh. That is an extraordinarily expensive area. That's the Murray Hill area of New York, which is, I think, maybe second to the Upper East Side. In so it, it is accurate. In those home, those buildings would have giant apartments like that. Um, I asked my wife about it. I'm like, James, I've never, of course, I've never seen a. Is that a thing where like a condo in a New York building would take up an entire floor? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's she's she's been to one. She went to some sort of thing at a very, very rich person's home. And yeah, that that was actually a thing. And she wasn't watching it with me. Uh, The way she described it was it it was kind of a wraparound with two doors where it had like all the stuff you would see there. So it wasn't kind of like the like a penthouse, like you were saying, Kenneth. Oh, okay. But but uh, again, that could exist. I don't know. But giant condos like that do exist. I can tell you, I have a, I had a friend who used to live on Central Park West. Her, his building was right next to the Gozer Building, Ghostbusters. 
The Gozer <laughs> building, I think, is 65 Central Park West. He was 55. And he had a 14th floor apartment. We used to watch the Macy's Parade uh, go down there and have like, you know, catered thing and the whole. I know exactly how much he spent he spent to sell that apartment or condo in 10 years ago. And that is nowhere near the opulence of that place. So his he sold that uh, that condo for multiple millions of dollars My on Central God. Park West. Multiple. I'm not friends with him, so I don't care anymore because he's a terrible person. But he's <laughs> oh, he's a terrible person. I didn't realize he was a terrible person when I was friends with him. Now I know. Little boy. He sold that for like a little over three million. And it was probably fourteen hundred square feet. And <laughs> so, so no. So that place has got to go like ten. I don't know. So it's 20. it's a very ridiculous sort of apartment. Doesn't almost doesn't make sense for New York, but it's actually a really kind of a thing. So there you go. Okay. That just puts into perspective how well Bishop Security is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kate could literally be anything, and this is what she's choosing. So and I it's guess interesting too because she comes. It's clear that Kate comes from means. One of the first things she mentions when she sees her mom is, you know, she she destroyed the clock tower at her college, which <laughs> is a very very funny scene. I don't know how that would happen, but I'm sure more than three ropes secure that thing. But whatever, I made for a fun moment. So she cut off her credit cards, and at that moment, most people are like, "Ugh, you." Ugh. But the film, uh, the move, the show does set up some pretty goodwill for her, so you can kind of absorb that. And may I say, Haley Seinfeld is ridiculously good in this. Like she, she is, is fantastic. I, regardless of what you think about the the show itself, she's wonderful. I really enjoy her. I'm looking. For, I really enjoyed her. You know, in in this show, and I look forward to seeing what else she does as the show continues. You know, as she continues with Kate Bishop, I'm excited to see where it goes. Because she's going to be Hawkeye for a while. Easy. So that's what they're up to. That's why they're pitching young got, actors and actresses. She's just got big golden retriever energy, and I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> yep. Like she's eager. Just, yeah. Just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just glad to be here. And yeah. this is a big departure from Kate Bishop in the comic. Like the Kate Bishop from the comic isn't all hero worshipy as much. And, you know, she's. A little more capable in the comic. A lot more capable in the comic, actually. Yeah. She's a lot old. Well, she's a little older, I think, because I know she's like a detective, or or maybe I'm just thinking the Avengers video game. No, she's not a detective in the in the comic. We read it not too long ago. She's just, but she is older, I think, yeah. Yeah, she's older. There's a whole will-they-won't-they they energy between her and Hawkeye that I'm really glad didn't come up in yeah, the show. Yeah, me too. Same, because she's Even in the comic. Time. But at the same time, I'm also sad that we didn't get that wonderful scene with the S.H.I.E.L.D. Amex black card from the comic. <laughs> I'm really kind of bummed about that. That would have been nice. But, you know, you couldn't. There's a lot of stuff in the book that could not translate because these characters <laughs> do not exist in the MCU yet. Yeah. Like, you can't have, you know, Madame Mask show up. She because. is in the MCU a little bit, but I don't know if it counts anymore. She's in the Peggy Carter show, season two. Oh, I never did actually get around to watch. You, you should watch those. those are, but I'm assuming at this point, those are no longer canon of any yeah. sort. They're forgotten. Because like Mockingbird was a big character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back yep. when that used to kind of talk to the movies. But now I think that's just its own thing now as well. Uh, <sighs> I'm pretty sure those are all just gone at this point like they you know, just 
Uh, like I'll Daredevil see. and stuff like that. I don't think that's ever going to be considered part of the. Oh, I MCU. think Daredevil is easy. Like, why not Daredevil? <laughs> yeah, because I think I think Born Again is going to rewrite that whole thing that it never that the Netflix stuff didn't happen. Is my guess. I don't think will. See, see, like the Netflix stuff is so unimportant to the grand Marvel machine. Like in Spider Man, because I think about Spider Man Homecoming, because Peter Parker is investigating people who have alien weaponry that they're selling and tony stark's like yeah we know that's below our pay grade that's why i told the fbi the avengers doesn't care (laughs) so do you think that like the (laughs) avengers care about wilson fist taking over a few blocks of new york real estate like no (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) like i mean daredevil season three is a technically a remake of daredevil season one in a lot of regards so like I don't think that's going to be I all th- think all that still counts, Like okay. they wouldn't have put it on Disney Plus if it didn't. Uh, you're probably right. OK, I was happy to go on Disney Plus because I want to rewatch them at some point. So is, is there Daredevil's on Disney Plus now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All yeah. of all of them. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Oh, wow. OK. Defenders. I've never seen any of them. Yeah. Never seen any of them. Yeah. Defenders, too. OK, good. I need to rewatch them all for the show, too. So what about uh, uh, Agents? Really? What about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> Yes, actually. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, the first season is a little bit rough. It gets pretty good towards the end. It gets really great. Like, they do Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider, and it is awesome. Ah, cool. I, I was reading something about about that, and it, the, the article was bemoaning that Hawkeye, especially in the end with Hawkeye's wife, because yep, evidently she's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I'm going to say stupid things now, because I don't really know. Yep. No, she um, wasn't in the show, but she was she probably just on Agent of Shield. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So it's something how Hawkeye basically made Agents of Shield non-canon because of her Agent Nineteen or something. Because someone explained this to me. I don't know. I'm just speaking because I read it. I thing. think that's ha- uh, Mockingbird's designation. Right. Uh, like Sharon, uh, Sharon Carter was Agent Thirteen. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it was Mockingbird. And so they're saying since now she's Agent 19, she how could she be Mockingbird? So now that makes Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. completely because uh, they it, it definitely lingers on that Rolex with 19 on it. So clearly that was her thing, her watch. Oh, Which again, I don't. Yeah. Again, this is me reading just, you know, again at midnight <laughs> reading articles about Hawkeye. Just and um, yeah, so I don't know. Many. Theory. <laughs> just one of this many shows plot lines that I can't really seem to commit to. (laughs) That's kind of what it was. It was like, it's now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now just not canon because of of this little thing here. I was like, I mean, uh, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. had no longer been canon since like for they kind of just went away. You've mentioned this. Yeah, time travel before Tony Stark. Like they travel to the future and the past and jump around time long before Endgame. (laughs) Well, in in season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you have stuff that connects to, or maybe season one. Season one had stuff like connected to Thor: Dark World, but then they start and Winter Soldier. But then they really get away from it and they don't reconnect. I don't think they really went back to it. I mean, I, I stopped watching it after season two, or I got season three and I just stopped. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to because in season two, like they send out like inhuman pills all around the world, and no one in the MCU is like, "Hey, we have a bunch of superpower people who are just popping up everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they don't. Wait, they don't work with it. Well, there was something with like Terrigen. Yeah, I think some Terrigen crystals got loose in the water, and then they were somehow put into like fish oil pills. 
or something and then there were menu <laughs> like it showed it going around the world and essentially like some of the particulates from the Terrigen got in like generic fish oil pills that you would buy at the drugstore. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. All right. I mean, I guess that's a way to get around the Terrigen miss, but what? <laughs> well, speaking of, there's a, a couple things that I, I want to bring up. Like, I mean, I think it because I, I do like the stuff where the whole idea of the reason he stays there is because the whole thing that starts off the show that gets Kate Bishop involved is she ends up at an auction in the bottom of this hotel that she's at where they're, where they're selling stuff from the Avengers compound. You have Ronan's sword, you have Ronan's outfit and she puts on Ronan's outfit, which then leads to her causing all the trouble that she ends up getting herself into. Now here's, here's a bit of a question. So I can't remember why she had infiltrated this, this gala. I think it was to see what this, her, her um, new yeah. father-in-law was up to. Yeah. She didn't, yeah. She didn't trust Jack. And and I really like the character of Jack. He is, <laughs> I love, especially towards the end when he gets all D'Artagnan and uh, how about you, sir? You know, like, it, which is just wonderful. But I, and I also love the dynamic of just her after losing her father, which you, you, you never fully get over that. Right. I mean, she's probably at peace with it, but clearly not because now her mom is, you know, truly in love with this this guy who's read all the books and had become a good stepdad, you know, and <laughs> just seems seems shady. So his kind of little turn is is pretty cool towards the end. But anyway, I what were the assailants, the the assassins, the people that break into the silent auction, the black auction? What were they there to get? That the watch. The watch. The watch. The watch. Was that what it was? It was the yeah, okay. It was the watch. watch. I I could not figure out why the watch was so important. And that's when I watched this show last year. And that was my because I remember reading social media reactions and everyone was like, oh, my God, I love Hawkeye. It's like my favorite. And I'm like, OK, but it's like when I watch this and it's like it, it kind of kicks off with, OK, the the grandfather like Jack's dad gets murdered. So you're like, OK, this show it's a murder mystery and then they just kind of forget that happens like it's just so exists in the background and yeah. like jack they, they kind of paint as like oh he's he had the butterscotch candy so he's <laughs> obviously the murderer even though like i'm sure he just had him in his pocket like they don't you know they they have to kind of they never really painted him as a villain other than he looks sketchy like they never show him taking like that call where it's like what's he doing or talking with some guy like he you're meant to think that he is the villain yeah well he and, also like, the murderer but like the mom is the only one who ever does what the red herring is supposed to do <laughs> I think he's also a super yeah. villain from the comic no is he's he? an avenger swordsman's an avenger yeah well if you indulge me for like a second sure the swordsman is like he's he's just a guy who is good with a sword. Like he doesn't have a magic sword or a King Arthur sword. He was actually in a recent event called Empire. And like the character of Swordsman died. And then somehow there's an alien plant species who just became him somehow and <laughs> married Mantis. Okay. Like it is very weird. And then they have an event called Empire where he's like, oh, I'm a plant person and I can't believe I'm in denying my plant heritage. I'm going to take over the world for the plant people. Like, that's probably swordsman most. 
like biggest claim to fame at this point. Right. Wow. <laughs> Sidebar ended. No, no, that's fair. I that that's that sounds I don't know slightly terrible, but I I don't know. I mean, that's I don't know. Is it good? Uh, Empire was fine. Okay. Yeah. I I like I I for me again maybe just call me a basic bitch, but I I think <laughs> it it did kind of hold its cards pretty well. I really did think he was going to be the the end villain in it. You know, with the, the movie is tr- a movie. I keep calling it a movie. That's Sorry, I'm too, I mean it I'm is. Too, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I guess I guess it is. I'm too used to being on here for movies. I think I think it um it's trying to set up these these unreliable. Obviously, it's trying to set up red herrings. It's trying to trick the audience a little bit, lead them in the wrong direction. And when, since we like uh, Kate so much, and she's easily likable, so within 15 minutes you like her. Like it's just you're kind of rooting for her based on her backstory and everything else. You she believes he's the villain. So you kind of go along with it too. I think it's kind of leading you along this path. So I don't know if it has to really set up kind of the mustache twirling, although it kind of does. He actually <laughs> is actually, I shouldn't say that he actually kind of is. You know, when you see the butterscotch, right. And well, then he gets, the, he gets Ronan's sword. He steals it from the auction, which is fine. Right. But he, I mean, he has that sword. Like, right. And it. actually you kind of said, when you think back on it, he's the collector. So sure. Of course he'd want Ronan's sword. That's amazing to have in your collection. So it all makes sense after the fact, but again, during the during the progress of the show, it really is setting him up as the villain. So when it switches over at the last minute, I had a ah oh, I should have known that. I had this like little moment of like, <laughs> oh, why didn't I just see that? Maybe I was having too much fun. Well, that's the, the good thing because like the show sets up because it's about the murder of Jack's dad, and then it's okay. Now it's about echo who wants to kill hawkeye and then it's about uh yelena who wants to kill hawkeye so it just is like one story and then it introduced another story and then introduced another story because i remember watching this my fiance by episode five and i was like wasn't this show about a murder at the start and now no one cares (laughs) about the murder Ah, (laughs) armand armand he was old it's fine he keeps jumping because it keep things keep happening to hawkeye as he's trying to clean this up and and prove the whole thing is he just wants to prove to them he's like they're trying to kill they think also they think kate bishop is ronan he's like she's not ronan ronan's dead even though i don't know why he didn't just say when he talked to the trash suit when they have him tied up to a freaking unicorn thing just say i killed a ronan yeah it was a weird that was very weird sorry say again i i thought he did but i i mean no he says sick brain last week (laughs) black widow did it and she's and they're like oh that's convenient the person who killed Black, you know, Ronan's dead. The person that killed Ronan is dead. Like, instead of just saying, I did it. Like, I killed. Like, Well, I don't think he, I I took that as, hey, he doesn't want to ad- really admit it. Again, he does, because he, and the entire point of this show, which maybe for me was good, for others maybe not, was him getting home and being done with this nonsense. But I do yeah. agree with you, Blair, because they, they completely paper over the whole murder. She gets called by an NYPD detective, and there's a whole scene of her bumbling around trying to dance around this conversation. And he says, oh, can you come into the office? You come into the station, you know, 10 o'clock tomorrow? I'll be there. And they drop it completely. That's it. No more detective. I guess they figured out the murder without her help. Like, that's completely... Paper yeah, that over. was and weird. That's a very. I was sitting there waiting, like, when is she going to go to the police station? I'm waiting for her to be interrogated by you by think cop number three. Just, 
let that go because it's a few no. episodes before, and with each episode is like one day. It's a few episodes before they arrest Jack. They should be hounding her to like. They should be then they visiting. They would have been at her house or where? Well, her, she would have been her, there, wouldn't they? Yeah, they they would have you know yeah they would have you know persisted. I mean, they can't like arrest her. She's not been accused of anything, but they would have you know continued the line of inquiry. No, of course not. It's a murder <laughs> of a. It's a murder of a Manhattan socialite. Like that's page six material, and that's like that's that's big deal. So yeah, you kill anyway, a, you, yeah, you, they killed she, they killed a rich white man. That's very important. You know that. Yes, exactly. Especially <laughs> in New York, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> but when another rich, rich white person does it, it has less importance. It's just like yeah, but, a regular murder at that point. <laughs> right. Well, you see, the the the, uh, the detective probably had all the stereotypes in their head. They figured, you know. A, a person of color probably can't wield a sword, so it must have been again. God, really, we're doing this now, gravy. Well, the, you're but not, I mean, it's you're not I mean, wrong. Sometimes, unfortunately, some people are fucking stupid. Unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, so I agree with that, Blair. They really do leave a lot of. Again, I think the escalating, you know, stakes is just again all in service of this through line of this being. I, you know, I, we've had conversations about Christmas movies. What's a Christmas movie? What's not a Christmas movie? This is a Christmas show. Like that's it that's hundred percent. That is classic Christmas show. Got to get home to the fam. Like that's what this is. And I think to me, that's that that worked. And I could definitely see for a lot of people that not who just want to see a Marvel show about Hawkeye. You know, doing Hawkeye things. So yes. From the trailer, I was like totally down for this. Like I was so excited. Like this was the show I was waiting for. And and I think about like this as I remember watching it because like episode three is like 30 minutes long and it kind of just ends. It's just like Jack's there at Hawkeye's throat with the sword. So that's why everyone keeps jumping back and forth between TV and movie. So it's like this does feel like a movie that's just a little bit longer, especially you like I watched it all pretty much last weekend. But now it's you have the Marvel Christmas show, but now you have the Gardens of the Galaxy Christmas special, which boy, that just slam dunks this because it is it so excellent. Oh, my oh really? Goodness. So, so good. All right. Uh, don't let it. any of the jokes. It's only 40 minutes long. Don't let any of the jokes spoiled for you. And then, you know, I can't remember when this ended. It started in November, probably ended in December. And then January rolled around and then Peacemaker came out, which was a show that very much embraced the medium of TV, where it started with a thing and every episode was an episode. So I guess I'm just saying is like, I just love James Gunn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, as the, like, the show progresses, like they keep introducing new things. I think it's it's episode three when they finally introduce Echo. Echo, I know nothing about from the comic. Because I've never read, I don't read Daredevil, I never really read Daredevil that much Daredevil or anything, or I don't read that many comics to begin with, but I thought it was cool to have her in here. Is she a hero or a villain in, in the comic? Um, I think she started out as a villain, but I know she was in Brian Michael Bendis' new Avengers line. Okay. But she was part of the lineup of the Avengers, as there was an Avengers team that was a bunch of street-level heroes, like Spider-Man, Luke Cage, uh, I think Daredevil eventually... Uh, I don't think they really did a lot with this character, which is probably why you don't know about them. Yeah, that would. I mean, I, I liked I liked having her in here. I liked the fact that they brought in 
you know, because she's she's deaf, which they make it, you know, very clear early on. And I I like that they had, you know, other characters in here and they they do a good job of making her a very strong character. And I like that. And and I like how the end, like, because she is a disabled actress in real life and an amputee. uh, Yeah, she is. She is deaf. She actually is an amputee. Uh, Jeremy Renner, I think. And Haley Steinfeld learned some basic ASL to help communicate with her, which that I thought true. was really great. And when they they break into her apartments, because I would have never thought about this, is you have the strobe lights going off, where it's like, oh yeah, this is I'm you know I'm putting forth my ignorance right now in front of the world. <laughs> I never would have thought that yes, if you can't hear, then your alarm is going to be a strobe light that's going to alert you. Yeah. So that's something that. I like because it's like, oh, yeah, it made me think about something that I never would have before. No, I'm the same way. I wouldn't. I didn't really think about that either. That's also a really good scene, too. Like when they break in her apartment and then they realize whose apartment they're in. Like, I thought all that was really well done. And that's that actress. This is her first role ever. And they've already given her her own show. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? We've talked about this many times. Marvel is is very good at doing stuff like that. (laughs) <laughs> finding people and be like, here you go. Yeah, wow. I, I enjoyed her character quite a bit. I, I I like the idea of, again, a lot of the setups in Marvel are very kind of cookie cutter, you know, dead parent, you know, is a prevailing <laughs> theme in these films and in these shows. I like the fact revenge is a very, can be a very shallow motivation, right? It, because there's, it, it's just anger distilled into a direction. If that makes sense. Like, I'm going to go out for revenge. Okay, cool. Why? I'm angry. Cool. Why? My dad died. Yeah, understand. That's strong. That's a strong motivation. Sure. But the there's no depth to it. You know, there, there, it, it, it sometimes tends to be. So I really found the depth in her motivation, even though it was this kind of thin revenge story. I'm going to kill Ronan and then now be the end of it. Are the kind of connections she had with her, with her, with her partner, like with her, Whatever I can't remember his name. That that I don't think his name was pretty was well established. Uh, who ends up turning on her? I felt that was really Kazi. good. And Kazi, thank you. So I felt that really helped. Again, I agree with you, Mike. I think a strong character who's disabled um, it adds a lot of flavor and color to the actual overall you know MCU as a whole and to this to this uh, film. Call it a film. Forget. It. I'll just call it a film. <laughs> it's fine. But I do think the motivation is a little thin. Again, I, I'm just not a fan of revenge stories. Unless there's more meat to it elsewhere. Right? See, I, I thought it was thin. I didn't like I I think when I watched it first, the what I thought felt most about the character was there's not a lot there, but yeah. it's the same thing. Like when I watched Captain Marvel, like I thought that movie was absolute trash. But then I it's not for me. It's for a 10 year old girl who's like, oh, man, this is awesome. Look at this character. But I like when Hawkeye or yeah, when Hawkeye talks to her at the end and it's like we're weapons and people point us in directions to kind of right. do things. Yeah. So like just point yourself like don't do it for anyone else. Like don't let anyone just take advantage of you. And I want to say when this show really takes off, in my opinion, it's episode three is fantastic because that's when you have the whole time where you you kind of have brought together like this is when you first see kate bishop trying to try and you know being an archer this is when you have hawkeye really becomes a badass for the first time in the show really i mean in my opinion really because they're in that warehouse and they break free and they just start kicking everybody's ass 
I mean, in, in comical fashion, too, because he's getting, he's getting his ass handed to him by Echo also. And there's one part he falls in the ball pit and he shoves arrows in people's feet. I'm like that. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I really like first, that part. It's the first real set piece. Yeah. Because I, I remember, like, I'm sure Disney has more money to throw around than, like, the CW superhero shows. But I remember listening to an interview with one of the producers and they were saying, like, you know, you save up your budget by doing drama and then do a big action scene. So I think episode three, where they do the car chase, is like, okay, we're going to save up our money for this because this is when they start doing, like, actual Hawkeye stuff and then they introduce, like, the car chase and they bring in the trick arrows, which are really cool. Like, you see, like, the pin arrow, which is, like, just awesome. Uh, <laughs> like, I was not expecting that. I I I love the trick arrow stuff. Pin arrow, I would agree with you. I didn't expect the pin arrow too. That that was great. There were just so many cool scenes with the trick arrows and everything with that, and and him not labeling anything, and then him getting his. Okay, there's one thing I've talked about when he gets his hearing aid damaged, and all of a sudden they can't communicate because he can't hear anymore. It makes me think a lot. Like my son is now 15, but when he was little, he, he's also autistic. He didn't talk. He just didn't talk, and. I remember like so much and that's when I really realized how much stuff was based, you know, that we do as humans, you know, or like average people. I should, you know, I'm trying I, I feel like is that, you know, we talk with, you know, we expect talking and verbal and there was none. There was no verbal communication. He just didn't, you know, you, and I remember he would interact with their kids and he, he just wouldn't talk back to them when they said anything. He just wouldn't respond. And I remember them. And it really it made me think of that. It made me remind me of how much as, as humans we usually rely on verbal communication. Oh, that's what I want to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hundred percent agree. And I, it also when he loses his hearing aid, that sets up a lot of great character building beats. Uh, because again, throughout this entire thing, he's communicating with his kids and wife. Who, well, by the way, I love the fact that his wife is fully on board with everything he has to do. And now it makes sense now that I know she was in like she's involved in a lot of this stuff. Again, clearly she is. When as you know, just as a casual observer, you know, realizing, yeah. oh, you know, clearly she knows, you know, something's going on, and she knows this job. How he communicating with his kids and his inability to talk to his son because he didn't have his hearing aid and and kate is kind of transcribing the conversation was so sad i ha- i got a little tear i gotta yeah, be honest was, I, got, I really like that scene oh it was wonderful <laughs> i got a little tear and i also like to when, he, when he's taking on and i had no idea the deaf woman what her name was until y'all just mentioned it again i'm very bad at this sort of thing i just am i apologize what was, what's her name again echo thank you Echo, and he's taking out Echo, it like levels the playing field. Because again, as an archer, wait, he's turning around and shooting people in the chest because he hears them coming and he doesn't even need to look at it, right? The whole, the amazing behind the back, no look shot is so cool. Come on now. That's just amazing. It kind of levels the playing field a bit. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a great scene. It's a good opening. And that car chase, I love that car chase. <laughs> the way it opens with that, with almost like that, I don't want to say a turn shot, but that 360 shot where all this action is happening around the vehicle and the camera is just circling and capturing everything going on at just the right moment. Cars going by, one car comes from behind, and then it flips out the window and you see you see uh, Kate with the bow ready to, ready to strike. That is was a chef kiss cine- cinematography. I mean, it was wow, wonderful. So I love all that stuff in in that episode, really. I knew you would. I, when I saw that, I thought of you instantly. I'm like, this is Bill's thing. Oh, yeah. We haven't done any movies with like car chases, really, or not much, but I know you like stuff like that. <laughs> it was just Sorry. a good scene. I, it was a really good, I think, and I mean, if I remember right, that's also from the comics. There's an, there's an issue, like, one of the early issues has that. 
That yeah, it's like issue two or three. It's pretty early in where she's yeah. talking about how you really need to get labels, and that pays off later. She actually has a label maker like making the trick so arrows. Because she doesn't know which one is which. So funny. So good. But and also I, fix yeah. that solo thing where he doesn't bother to label stuff because he doesn't need to. He he made them. He doesn't really yeah. necessarily need to do that stuff. And I think this might be a good time to to discuss their relationship, uh, Hawkeye and Kate, where I, I again, I think we meant again like a buddy cop, but has his his softening to her and his realization he needs a partner because, again, for the longest time, Black Widow was his partner. Yeah. yeah and so him recovering or slowly recovering from that grief in the realization that he does need somebody at his side, he does need somebody to have his back. And this this girl, if not capable yet, she's pretty capable. She shows promise. She can be developed. And I think, like you said, I think, like, again, clearly she's the new Hawkeye. So she'll probably end up being like the protege and really learning from the the master at the farm. But I really <laughs> like the way their relationship turns and especially towards the middle part where he full out rejects her and is like, no, go home. You're, this is not for you. Like, I get it. You're good with the bow. Clearly you are, but you're not. This is not for you. And I really think their relationship at this point that's strained it's starting to like turn a little bit to where they are partners well a lot of it this the subway where he's like for most of it he's like i are you friends like no like are you partners like we're barely acquaintances like (laughs) it just seems like this is just one of the things on my checklist i have to knock off and i think like whether on the subway and she's talking and then he mentioned and he starts saying like oh you did really good there or something and that's the first moment yep but then she like i mean where they're so strained because they can't really communicate and she is getting it but she can't say anything back um and the christmas movie thing was also really great <laughs> oh that scene okay that scene in the apartment i think that's a really when they kind of when they connect and like you said the christmas movies they teach she, he teaches her the quarter trick which pays off later you know just Everything they're doing together, I thought was so cool. Like, you know, and, you know, and he's sad because he can't be with his family for Christmas. So here he is just, you know, and he's ha- it's just a really sweet moment when they're at that apartment. I really like that. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's 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 very again, it's very kind of New York holiday. That's that's a pretty common thing. You get, you know, a lot of people don't go home for the holidays. So you just get people together in a small apartment and you watch holiday movies and do goofy stuff and decorate a tree like it's a very friend thing to do and again like we, we've been saying it's a very good connection point where they're actually enjoying time together i love the fact that this this show does not even attempt at any sort of even the hint of like romantic kind of like uh, that that would have been misery and that would have made me turn off the show and say sorry mike i'm gonna watch half of this show <laughs> i can't i can't continue with this garbage so I love the fact it's just partnership and friendship and finding friendship again around the holidays where you want to be around people for the most part. And, and so, again, it's it's just super fun. I don't know why they have an old CRT TV. That seems a little too hipstery for my taste. Like the person also has a lot of groceries for someone who doesn't live there for most of the year. This is very I, true. I think yeah. it's like a, it's an older I can I can understand it's like an older aunt. And it's probably just like, oh, because my nan probably had a CRT TV until a few years until she passed because she didn't care. So I can see this person like, yeah, I use this to watch the news. I watch a few movies because I think it said it's like, yeah, it's like an older relative who was like down in Florida for most of the year. Yeah. 
But the food it, thing, you are right on that one. For sure. But, for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Ken, yeah, Kenneth, what's uh, what's your take on their relationship in this part of the part of what's going on? I really do think that their relationship is obviously the driving factor of this show. The chemistry between Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld really is the best thing the show has going for it. If you don't have that chemistry, the show just doesn't work, period. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. The way it is, it's just, it's, it's perfection, really. I mean, I want to see these two interact. I, you know, I w- honestly wish there was more than six episodes, but eh, what are you going to do? I agree. I think, yeah, this is this is the load bearing piece of this of this show. Like, this is the one that carries the most weight and uh, it's very successful. So and for me, this is what carries it. And there's, again, all the other stuff I'm here for, the action and all that good stuff. You know, that's what I'm here for. Again, basic bitch. But uh, this definitely is that kind of temple. And this scene in particular is where we really see that glue start to really set, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, it's pretty great. And this is the moment where she asks, what was the best shot you ever took? And his answer is the one I didn't take. I think, is that correct? And I, did I get that yeah, one right? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, she kind of realizes a little weird. I don't I don't think I would have made that connection that she he was Ronan and and he was the one who kind of and that's kind of his regrets over what he did during the blip. So the my interpretation of that was and I could be wrong, was that he Prior to being Avenger, he was a killer. And mm-hmm. was he sent to kill Black Widow? And then didn't? yes, he was. Yes, yep. he was. So I thought that's what he was referring to. I like, think oh, you I are probably right. Her out, and that's then I right. Didn't, you're right. And because we didn't, we had this relationship. Yes, you're right. You're correct. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, it's all about that. I mean, which it's cool to see. Like, I think some other stuff I want to mention. Like, I mean, just so much. One one thing that was pointed out to me in Shang Chi is that Phase Four is so much about grief too and this show is another show all you know a lot about grief you know about him black widow and everything else like it, it's just interesting with that again they keep going that down that road it's like grief and legacy because like they have to set up i mean <laughs> phase four is just kind of a mess all around but it is. i i think it's essentially just like legacy because you have like the new captain america the new hawkeye i guess a new loki and sylvie the eternals i guess you know, like the new <laughs> black widow which, again, speaking of things that are holding them on their back, like Florence Pugh, once again, that girl must hit the gym so hard because her back holds up so many <laughs> Yep. Like, she, 100%. the second she comes in here, and I forgot how amazing her introduction, well, not the fight introduction, but when they show the transition, because she's on a mission to, like, save one of the black widows and the girl's like yeah i'm just living with my husband like i'm not a black widow and then she goes into the bathroom and then it's like white and then the color changes like i thought that was one of my favorite blip switches oh my gosh it was so good incredible yeah it was incredible yeah i like that they're that throughout phase four we do get to really see what the blip did because i remember being upset about it endgame happens and you have spider-man far Far from home, which kind of does it, but not, in my opinion, very well. And then, so it's nice to, I like how we get a lot more like explanation of what happened to people and how they reacted to it a lot better. Yeah. She, she's great. Really I, yeah. The scene where she kind of saunters into her apartment, I love that because it's almost like the mob coming in and basically saying, look, you're overpowered. Like, hey, how you doing? Hey, 
Come here, let me let's have some macaroni and cheese together. Listen, if you don't do it, if you don't back off, I'm gonna kill you. So you might want to consider it. That was and a good scene. It's it's it dragged a little bit for me. It, oh, it kind of it kind of like the gears ground a bit. And it, oh, I love their I reaction in with there. More of that and less of a lot of everything that came before. <laughs> That's interesting. I. I, I felt it just is a little too draggy and it doesn't really go anywhere. It's another, I think, thread that just kind of goes away because to to uh, Florence and um, Elena, she, she's not a threat. Like, she's not something to worry about. I, I got I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill Cliff. That's what I'm here to do. You're going to be an annoyance. So unless you want to die, unless this is your goal in life is to be murdered right before Christmas. <laughs> you you may want to leave but i love that again i want to this is my first time in new york Ooh, uh, again she is so wonderful yeah obviously i think that supersedes anything i thought like in a part of pacing and just kind of the scene oh she's so freaking good is that I, she's, a she's regular awesome. voice or is that just a no. character's voice no okay. no she's british i haven't seen her in anything else yet other than black widow and this I need to watch other stuff, but I haven't yet. Well, we're, we're going to see Midsommar, right? I'm going to make us do it one day, yeah. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Again, I, I, I told you, it's not a big deal. Don't worry. It's bright yeah. and cheery and airy, and it's got lots of, yeah, it's fine. Flowers and, everywhere. And that's stupid like, lights. Going back to, like, my, my beef with people having knowledge of, like, where do they get it? Because I guess, like, Elaine from Seinfeld somehow... Like at the end of Black Widow, it's like, oh, Hawkeye killed Black Widow. Like, how do you know that? Like, I can understand some things, but like, how do you know that? She didn't know what she says to Yelena in the Black Widow was Hawkeye and Black Widow went together and only one returned. Right. Oh, so she's that's making what an assumption. She's yeah, just she's just manipulating people is what she's how, doing. How did she know that Hawkeye and Black Widow went together, though? My guess is that she got debriefed. Um, from what happened in the I Avengers, think the thing, Avengers somebody talked. must have news reports they put out. Like they have to have press conferences explaining certain things. <laughs> I'm sure somebody would have talked in Shield. I mean, the way I took it is either a they're being recorded when they left. Like there was stuff that was recording, you know, in the in the in the compound that Shield recovered afterwards, or somebody do you know told people Shield what was going on, and she's essentially part of Shield. So that's how I took it. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, it's a very good point, y'all. I think, yeah, I have no idea how she would really know that. Like you said, Blair, maybe there's a press release. Maybe she's on a <laughs> list somewhere. I know. And all this, you have the press release of how they were able to go to another dimension or wherever they yeah, were like and plunge themselves. Potts, Pepper Potts has a press release where it's like, these two people went and got these stones. These people did this. And then Tony died and Captain America died. Just like at the start of Spider-Man, it's like, and that's the thing is, is Steve Rogers dead or is it just like, are they saying that he's dead so everyone will leave him alone? I think it's the latter. He's like, he's old. He's old now. Yeah, yeah he's, he's Joe Biden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> well, I mean, he just looks like he would blend in like, you know, old grandpa at the park. Like right. no one yeah. would think like, oh, that guy is a star spangled man with a plan. <laughs> he can do this all day. <laughs> oh, God, that was so funny. I can do this all day. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good point. I really don't know. But I don't know. she was hired. Well, she was hired, right? 
Yes. She, yeah. Lena's she hired. Was hired. By, you find Eleanor. out Eleanor to kill Hawkeye, but even though she's there out of her own personal revenge, it, that part to me is a little weird. Like, I feel like it could have just been she was just there out of her personal revenge, not hired to do something she wanted to do anyway. Well, I guess can, maybe that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Ken. It can, it can, things can be two things, is all I'm saying. Like, That's fair. It, it's efficient. You get your revenge, and hey, you're going to get some money. Yeah. That's fair. I think that makes that's probably you're you're probably spot on with that, Ken. And she, yeah, because I think for the movie though, because again, you you may have people watching this who've never only seen like three Marvel movies. You know, we're we're yeah, let's be honest, a few dorks who've seen nearly all of them at this point. So we kind of understand like right the lineage of this. But I'm sure there's people watching this who like, oh, Hawkeye, that sounds neat. So they need some sort of motivation. But you're right, this whole thing of you killed my sister would then come out of left field without any context whatsoever. So, yeah. But again, I think it's just, it's fine for me. It's also the classic Marvel Phase 4 TV show problem where it's, all right, we're in episode five. We need to, like, someone's backstage hitting the play me off button. So we have to, like, wrap this up as fast as we can. (laughs) Oh, your, your mom did this. We have to bring in, like, another person to set up another thing. Like, we have to get rushed to the finale. Like, it's... Well, every... Every episode in this is like, you know, setting up something else. So, it, yeah, that's right. And this is the show that's like one of the most egregious of it. Cause like Loki is very much like uh, just about him. And I guess kind of like Falcon and Winter Soldier, they bring in a few people. No, oh, never mind. I'm just like talking out of my ass. Like, one division was like, yeah, they set up like Monica Rambeau and White Vision and other things. Every- so. Every show probably sets up more stuff other than Moon Knight. Moon Knight doesn't really set anything up. That's bullshit, but anywho. I haven't <laughs> I mean, seen, it set I up other stuff Knight, in the so. MCU exactly. Like, it doesn't yeah. introduce characters you recognize every episode. That's how I want to say. That, that, okay, that that's better? fair. Okay. Because that's what I meant, is that, like, this is bringing in cameos type things. I mean, She-Hulk is. That's all She-Hulk is, but She-Hulk's straight. But this, this was... Moon Knight's more contained. That's what I want to say nuts people love she hulk or hate it there are there's nobody i've talked to that have said oh that's fine people love it or loathe it uh not to get into that i've not seen it nor have i seen moon knight i actually do want to see moon knight because she was fine i expected more because like i really love the comics like i just wanted a lawyer show and it kind of is that sometimes and i love tatiana mislani i love like my fiance and i just like loved orphan black which is a great show if you've never seen it um, but like as much as I and I hated that I absolutely hated the finale uh, of She-Hulk but the Daredevil episode is probably one of my favorite episodes of anything of this entire year wow, <laughs> okay. wow okay that's it's good that's ringing praise oh and there is one thing I have to comment on on this on, on Hawkeye that I wouldn't be right if I didn't so when they're in the diner at one part I laugh my ass off where she's like you need a new costume and she draws the original costume of uh. Hawkeye and he's like, I would never wear that. My wife would divorce me. And I'm just like, there, there. I'm like, I was upset that I don't get the costume. But at least there's a ref. I love the costume. 100%. I'm pretty sure I, they filmed the scene of like when he was in the um, with the LARPers where he had something like that. And I am sick of the isn't my comics costume such a joke. It's just like if someone didn't make that costume, y'all wouldn't be here. So like, please. I mean, that costume is a joke. I love I it, but it, know, it's, a, but it's, it's an iconic guy. joke. And stop with the are the comics dumb? Like half the movie <laughs> costumes are dumb and over designed. Get over yourselves. <laughs> I mean, I get why they didn't. They don't do his classic costume. I'm okay that they do his 
costume from the Matt Fraction run. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't think of that that way, Blair. I'm, I'm glad you did, though, because you're probably right. First off, Mike, I thought of you immediately. The <laughs> second you know? I saw, oh, the second I saw the color purple, I was like, oh, Mike is just giggling with his feet dancing. But I, and as soon as I saw that that crew drawing, it was, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought of you immediately. Second off, Blair, it didn't strike me that way. It didn't strike me as kind of making fun, more of just Cliff having a natural reaction. However, I agree with you. I'm not a comic book fan. I've said it a million times. So I don't have that connection. But Marvel movies sometimes make fun of their core audience. Yeah. They make All fun. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> they spend a lot of time. And again, that's me not knowing the references. So you probably see them more than I do. And I think that's a big failing in what they do. And I've said that Iron Man it's, 3 does it. It's all over the place. And you and Ken and Mike, not me, you're the ones who kept them going when they were producing terrible, terrible movies in the 2000s <laughs> and making garbage and selling properties. Like y'all were bu- still buying the books. And the way that they make fun of that is is pretty crappy and so the, i totally understand that. so played out where they do it all the time like they've been doing it since x-men where it's like would you would you rather have us go out with yellow yes i want i want cyclops with like trunks and a dumb strap that makes no point like this <laughs> is excellent like and i thought we were over that like probably the only time i liked it was in captain america first avenger when they did the u.s show but every time they bring it up and they just keep doing it like, oh, isn't this costume ridiculous? Like, who would go out like this? Like, and even in, you in Captain would, America, superheroes <laughs> yeah. and in Captain America, they weren't making fun of it. They It was just a natural part of the progression of the character. Like, hey, you're going to put on this kind of propaganda, propaganda, it's a band, this proper, this propaganda <laughs> style, you know, suits. Outfit, yeah. so, so, you know, so everyone gets all you know, hooray for the war. But it's part of the part of the plot, right? And that and they weren't, I don't think, making fun of it. They were just updating. But I agree with you. I would love to see, like, I don't think the MCU would ever do this because, again, it won't connect to things. And I don't think the MCU knows how to do standalone stuff anymore unless they're no. unless like a She-Hulk is or a Moon Knight. I don't know because I haven't seen those. They can't do that anymore because everything has to connect to the to the larger, you know, scale thing. I'd like to see like a standalone series. Where it's just like the X-Men in like original costumes doing original X-Men stuff that's light and fun. And again, I, this is coming from somebody who's never really read it, just kind of been around it. That, that might be something neat. That's really for fans. That are for the real fans that have been around for a while. Um, I, again, that's not poking fun of it. I hope that Deadpool 3, and I think Hugh Jackman is the type of person who would play ball. Where he wouldn't have signed that contract unless he was like, I get to put on like a yellow and blue tiger stripe outfit (laughs) or like maroon and gold. Like I have to put it on like I've done this for 20 years now. Please let me actually be Wolverine, not just like man in wife beater and jeans. (laughs) Yeah, I I, and again, these these things, like we said earlier, they're, they're not unfortunately really made for you they say it is right and there's elements of it but this is for people like me who've never seen it and don't have that connection so and i think that's a shame i really do so i hope i hope some of the newer series i don't think they will i I don't think they can anymore this has become so far removed i think from the source material and you can tell me if i'm wrong 
that I don't think that's going to be a thing. And that's a shame because y'all deserve, you all deserve stories that connect with you more closely than that. I don't mind Anna because I, I understand things have to change for adaptation, but change them without poking fun and saying sure. how ridiculous they, yeah. the other thing is. Like, I understand the like, because man, when Falcon showed up in Falcon the Winter Soldier in his, well, when Sam, sorry, becomes Captain America, he is Captain America. That suit is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, that is ripped straight from Rick Remender's yep. run. And I love that finale, even though that's like a six episode show to set up a costume um, <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> that they already set up at the end of a movie. Yeah. But um, I, I like enough of that. But like, yeah, the joke is just played out. Don't do it anymore, guys. Y'all got some bad costumes like I Mike and I did the Avengers video game. And there's one of my favorite points is like Kamala is trying to make a costume and uh, Tony walks in and she's like, I look ridiculous. And he's like, yeah, we all do. It's part of the job. It's just how you like present it to the world that makes it believable. Yeah, I think that the, the risk is that they they try to make everything very tactical and they try to make it make sense. At the end of the day, none of it really has to make sense. I, I It's that kind of abstraction. And I think what the comics probably do well is that it allows them to be a little more playful and and again just iconic stuff should be cool because they're iconic let's you know why not think about spider-man like i cried when that costume showed up at the end of spider-man last year like openly wept wow see see and it matters to you it doesn't matter i think it's cool I'm like oh that's a neat looking thing but for you it matters and i, I really wish that they would spend some more time not to belabor a point but that's a shame yeah I, if i if i may I don't know where else I'll be able to do this. And Mike, please, you won't cut this. I say this all the time. You know, cut I won't my, <laughs> cut my nonsense. I don't know why there's you know a, me. there's throughout the show. There's a couple instances where they reference a Christmas radio show. And by the way, may I say that the, uh, the music in this is great. The musical polls, they do uh, father Christmas from the kinks, which is probably one of my favorite Christmas songs throughout the movie. There's also a song. I, this is so random. No one cares. Why am I saying this? Cause That's I fine. care. There is a, um, I think it's the scene where they're going to a warehouse. I forget. I don't I should be more prepared. But they there's a song called Power. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, I know this. I know this band. Who is this? And it's a band called Sweet Spirit. They're based out of Austin. The uh, lead singer, Sabrina Ellis, she's like Austin royalty in, in this town, like music royalty. And it's one of their songs. I've met this woman. And I actually did an interview with her for an article. So I was very pleased when I heard Sweet Spirits, The Power on this. Uh, that's just a random thing. But anyway, this radio station, they say it's 107.6 Light FM. Um, that was very cute for me and anybody from the Northeast or especially that area, because that is not the radio station for Light FM. Light FM is 106.7, not 107.6. And that's the Light FM station that plays nothing but Christmas music for, I believe, the entire month of December. And that is what would exactly be playing you know, at a restaurant or a small cafe. Um, who wants to play Christmas music? Um, now, of course, you have Spotify and all the rest of the stuff. But that is that was very nostalgic for me. 106.7. They must have. I don't know how Marvel couldn't get 106.7 Light FM to actually sign on to use their radio station call letters. But whatever. That's just a neat, <laughs> little, neat little nugget that I picked up on. And by okay. the way, as a Canadian, as like you, you mentioned now, it's like I don't read comic. I don't know any of this. But like I have never been in New York. Like, I'm just watching this. I never even paid attention. I never even noticed. It's, it's, it, it, immediately. The second I heard Christmas music, 107.6, I'm like, 
That is very cute because the station is 106.7. And by the way, nifty little bit of knowledge if you're ever on Jeopardy, um, <laughs> there is no such thing. You cannot have a 107.6 because every radio station ends with an odd number. So you will never in this country find a radio station that's a 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4. They're all 0. 0.7, 0. 0.5, et cetera. Um, the <laughs> FCC does that to, to give space between the different frequencies. Neat little bit of knowledge you didn't need, but now you have. And it's in I'm there. Okay with, and I'm okay with random knowledge you don't need. I have no problem yeah, with that. a little thing. So it was just a cute little, little cute little beat I noticed. Okay. I mean, episode four is really just about Yelena showing up. And then it's about Echo realizing, because Ronan, Hawkeye dresses Ronan and approaches Echo and pretty much just tells her, like, yes, I'm Ronan, but, you know, let it go, essentially. And then he also kind of, and he, and he really points out that somebody else informed me that he was there. And that's why I went there, which then leads her to... Because also the end of the episode, you get confronted with you have the, a very small scene where you see that Eleanor was talking to Kingpin, and, and that's who, and that scene you find out Elena was hired by Eleanor and all that stuff. Was that the real question? Quick question: Was that at the end of episode three or four? I thought like five when that's they five. when they reviewed. Yeah, okay, yeah, that or was no, five. Is it, oh, five yeah, is, I skip stuff. Okay, yeah, you're three fine. Three is when three ends with Jack putting the sword to his neck, and then four right. is then it starts with them having the conversation in the house. And I think then they do. So they break into Maya's apartments. I keep calling her yeah. Echo because the show never calls her Echo. Her name is Maya Lopez. It, I, it I had to go look it up because I felt bad. And then uh, Yelena shows up and they have the fight. And then episode five is kind of when things start like torpedoing towards the finale. Yeah. And this is yeah. also kind of when you get to. Uh, oh, one thing we haven't mentioned about that plays a big part in the show is the LARPers. I was going to say we we keep keep papering over to the LARPers, which is such a, this is now again, like you were Blair, you were saying how this movie kind of makes fun of the audience. How did you feel about the LARPers? Cause LARPing is a thing that has been lampooned in media for decades. See, what y'all think about this? I was thinking about it. And that also feels like the way he goes in is like, Oh my God, really? But man, Dungeons and Dragons is one of, like it is not just for that basement like you know the whole stereotype of the basement dwelling weirdo like i am a weirdo because i don't play dungeons and dragons and i still have no interest but everyone i know is obsessed with it so for them to kind of still be doing the whole oh look at these guys it's a little bit outdate Uh out of yeah but eh, it's fine what what about you ken i mean i used to larp back in the day which was a tuesday and (laughs) like i I get it when you're outside looking in larping is something that you have no idea about and this is hawkeye at his like cranky old man phase like he's just like i don't understand this and i don't like things that are new and strange to me but he gets his you know grudging respect eventually and i don't know like it, it does get old it gets old. I think a lot of it, too, is just to keep the show going, because, like, if he went up there and was like, look, I'm Hawkeye, some really dangerous people are going to get after you if you give me that suit. I would just be like, I'm not playing this game. Like, just give it to me. And I would go up to that guy. I would bypass the front desk. Like, everyone knows who he is. Like, yeah, right. he's on the news. He's an Avenger. Like, they're not going to make him do this. It just feels like it's something to just kind of drag it out. And uh, I like how they like they paid off later on because it made me think of Jake Gyllenhaal and Spider-Man Far From Home. 
where he's like, no one, you can be the smartest guy in the world, but no one cares unless you have a cape and shoot lasers out of your hands. Um, <laughs> and then no one's listening to like actual police and first responders until they dress up. And people are like, oh, those are costume people. We should go follow them because costume people are the heroes in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also downplays, again, actual police officers and first responders. It's kind of really crappy. You know, you have your opinion. People have their opinions about police officers. But at the end of the day, most of them are trying to help. It's it, it's I it was very borderline for me. I, I agree with you. I think fandoms are are fandoms are are good. I do. I think fandoms are groups of people who have a similar interest, who connect in a community and do a cool thing that they love. And that's great. I mean, my show is all about people who do things and experience things that they love. That's what I do in my podcast, right? When those things become toxic and awful, that's where it tips over to the other side. The LARPing was just so pure and fun. Again, I look at it, I'm like, oh, these people are really enjoying themselves. You know, in the middle of the, it looks like Central Park. You know, the middle of the park, I guess a Tuesday. I think the movie tries to, it introduces it through Clint's eyes as what is this weird thing? I agree with you, Blair. But I think at the end of the day, it's very respectful. And I don't think it's there to say, look at this dorky thing these dorky dorks are doing. And now they're going to make Hawkeye the Avenger. Kate has pictures of him on her walls <laughs> in, you know, in her mom's house, on her old bedroom. And we're going to make him do this dorky dorkerson thing. Yeah, it's a little artificial, right? It's just and setting it, up another flavor to it. But and I it, think at it, the end of the day, it wasn't me. It's such a minor thing, and it's stuff like this that really is like a splinter in my mind, where it's, did that girl get her embroidered bag back because it was so important? I need closure on that story. There was no closure. Same. Oh, it drove me crazy. Yes, I agree. Same. Did she? Did she she get it back? back? Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When did she get it back, Ken? Uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye left it with Griggs. Is that his name? Griggs. Yeah. Grills. Yeah. Grills. Grills. Yeah. Hawkeye left it with. Papered over my brain. Okay. Well, good. See, Blair. Whew. We can breathe a sigh of relief. Can you miss it though? So I don't blame you. You can breathe, breathe a sigh of relief. Cause you're right. I had the exact same thought. I'm like, please get that back back from her, please. So anyway, but again, that's like a beat that really wasn't necessary, but you're, you're right though. Uh, I think I forget who said it, Ken or Blair, but. You know, the people in, you know, they talk about, oh, I, is anyone here you know, a cop? I think Hawkeye says, and yeah. the one lady is like, yes, I'm a police officer. Right. You know, and which is, you know, cool. And she, and he's like, I need something out of evidence. <laughs> Do you mind <laughs> a little light breaking and entering? And she's like, no problem. Again, hero, Avenger, you have a sword. You're on people's walls. Sword. You have a bow and arrow. You're on people's walls. Clearly you're good. And there's themes of that in here as well. You know, the assumption that someone's good and, you know, um, Elena is very big on that. Just because you have, I think that's Elena who says it, but just because you have, you know, you're on a billboard doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person. I think it's Elena. I like how Elena really does kind of bring that to this too, to like Hawks, you know, Hawkeye's not a great guy. He's killed a lot of people. It's like, yeah, yes, he has. (laughs) And I I just, I like how she kind of is a different force going against Kate. Who's like worshiping Hawkeye. And you have Yelena who like despises him, partly because something he didn't do. But I do like that correspond, you know, the two corresponding things. I think it makes a good. I think it plays well. I think one thing that we haven't really touched on is duality in this show. There's this. There's constant references to living in two different worlds. Maya looks at Hawkeye's hearing aid as a disability, saying that he has to learn to live in 
both worlds. Yelena is coming to kill Hawkeye. Maya wants to kill um, Ronan. So there's your duality of two, one person being two different things again. And like, it's just, it's something that they just flirt with the entire time, but never really reconcile. Like you don't get, you know, Hawkeye, you know, being okay without his hearing aid. You just get it fixed at a quickie, like, yeah, weird. Like, yeah. Link, here's the doctor. Okay. It's fixed now. You get, you know, you get the closure of, you know, okay, Ronan's dead, Maya, move on. And you get the, I didn't really kill Nat. She did it herself. And Yelena's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going to go hang out with Kate Bishop. And, like, you never really get any reconciliation for something that they bring out so much in the series. Like, they're just consistently referencing, you know, duality, dual positions, and never really go anywhere with it. And that bugged me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's super fair. I think, I yeah. Yeah, and I can think that kind of lends credence to what y'all were saying, how this could be a little longer. I think a lot of these things kind of had to be truncated for time because you have six episodes, and they're short episodes. I mean, you know, they're an hour, but, you know, honestly, 10 minutes of it are either credits <laughs> or, yeah, you know. an hour. Like, episode three is 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're super short and very condensed. Um, I wonder if that's due to maybe shooting in New York extraordinarily expensive to shoot in New York. I think I remember hearing something like in Lincoln Center, it's like 25 grand a day clear out. Like it's obnoxious. Yeah, I think it's, something I think like it's that. Disney not knowing how to make television. That's fantastic. Like shows... <laughs> could be that too. <laughs> well, because I, I mean, not Disney, but Marvel kind of not really because like with the Mandalorian, like that has a through line through the both seasons, but every episode's like, okay, here is the adventure of the Mandalorian doing this thing, like a TV show. But these, like the first batch of Marvel shows, with the exception like What If, because that's like an animated anthology series, they feel like we film things, we're going to chop it off here to make a season, and I hope they get better with that later on. Because um, I guess like uh, Andor, people love that. I'm one of them. <laughs> I watched it last week on Sick Brain, so I, I don't really know how I feel one way or the other. <laughs> I feel bad that Cassie and Andor constantly kept getting upstaged by a droid. But yeah, I think that's the, the show's problem is that like them learning how to make television and then they're just producing too much content. <laughs> it's fair. They are pro- fair. They're producing yeah. a lot of fucking content. So Overwhelming amount, I would say. There's a report now that they're slowing down because they kind of got they're getting a lot of feedback being like, yeah, slow down, guys. There's too much. No one can keep up with this anymore. And it's starting to suffer. <laughs> it really like phase four has felt like the sophomore slump of the Marvel universe. It's the anime filler arc is the best way I've heard it being described. Damn. Where's good. <laughs> good way to put it, though. I mean, it, it is a lot. I mean, I have consumed all of it so far, but even I have gotten burned out where I'm just like, uh, I'm not ready for another one right now. I still do it, but sometimes it, I have to wait until the show ends before then I go and sit and watch the whole thing in in a few in a week. Oh, yeah, I got I can't watch them, uh, you know, one by one. I can't watch anything one by one anymore. Netflix has spoiled me. Even yeah. my beloved Great British Baking Show. I think it's almost over. I can start watching it now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm outside the. Anyway, all right. That brings us to I think the only thing left we have left to discuss is then the final episode we haven't talked about yet. 
we haven't talked about pizza dog yet. Oh yes, you're right. We have oh. talked. You're right. Take it off. No, I can't believe we're almost been like I was thinking about that because Ken was Ken was like, oh, we're, something we haven't mentioned. And I was like, the dog. And I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, my God, we're almost two do- two hours in. And we haven't talked about the best boy in the entire series. Pizza dog is just the best. And I'm very glad that they got to meet the dog who plays Cosmo in Guardians of the Galaxy. It made me very happy they had a picture of two of them together. <laughs> but that dog's also going to have some really bad farts if he's eating a lot of pizza like that. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, it's going to stink. Mm-hmm. That's a very fair statement. <laughs> I have a dog. I do feed her pizza sometimes. They did not smell good. <laughs> she has bad farts. I mean, I, I thought it was funny having the dog because it's straight from the comics. I thought it, it worked well, in my opinion, with everything that they were doing. It was like, it was fine. See, in the comics, though, like, Pizza Dog kind of almost served as a redemption for Hawkeye. Like, that was, it, Pizza Dog's existence in My Life as a Weapon was a redemptive art. Like, this is Hawkeye not choosing to, you know, end a life but to nurture it to foster an emotional connection and that's what opens them up more to the cape bishop experience oh. Pizza dog here was set dressing oh Fair. man the, the issue where oh man they do and they do an issue of the comic from pizza dog's perspective and it's all just oh, in so oh my god that is so it's amazing work it like so i can only imagine i would love to see the script for that <laughs> <laughs> but no that's that's fair because here it's just yeah you're right it's just there so yeah that's completely <laughs> fair all right and then i think that brings to the last episode i think the last episode is also really good it does a good job of bringing everything here because throughout the series you have hawkeye being w- worried about the whole time i don't want to get the big guy involved i don't want to get the big guy and i think it's a good payoff when you finally you finally find out that it's kingpin this whole time that he's scared of that kingpin is in charge of all this and I think it works well how you have that. Like, I really like how Echo ends up realizing that Kingpin set up her father. And she's like, well, I'm, you know, pretty much just, she says, well, I'm going to take a break. But he realizes that she that she's turned on them. I thought that was kind of cool, the way that that all happens and everything with it like that. It's such a good final scene to her final episode where everything comes together. You have Elena show well you were saying earlier they, they end up like they have the stuff at the hotel where they get the larpers involved at the conference and all of a sudden you have people trying to snipe each other you have them running through the hotel or through the building which is just i thought was hilarious i really really like that stuff where elena's fighting hate uh kate bishop but not really fighting her and trying to just to not kill her and she won't let her go because she wants to defend her friend i thought all that was just really good I yeah really i agree it. no i agree i i think of all the episodes, I think this felt the meatiest. You know, it's the finale, right? So, of course, it's going to be the meatiest. Yeah. When Kingpin was revealed, I thought, wasn't isn't he a Spider-Man villain? Right. Yes. He's a street-level hero villain. Um, like, it's largely with Daredevil. Anything that has to do with New York. I don't know if it's because, like, I, I follow just a lot of Marvel news, and I think it was heavily rumored. But, like, when he showed up, it wasn't exactly subtle. Because I know it's just like, oh, here's your uncle. And they have like a giant hand on young Maya's shoulder. And it's like you hear Vincent D'Onofrio ass laugh. And I was like, oh, it's Kingpin. And it's like, oh, there's a boss. (laughs) And then it's like Fat Man Auto Sales is like the front. And I was like, oh, it's Kingpin. And then it's just like, here's the boss. And it's like, here's a picture of Kingpin. It's like, yeah, guys, we know it's not subtle. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And again, this is why I think this conversation... Uh, his potential to be interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know until they said the word Kingpin. I did not catch any of those things because I've seen him 
I saw him in in uh, what was it Multi Spider Verse, right? Yeah. And uh, I didn't. I did had no idea that Private Pile was was in the MCU at all. And you also I haven't seen. Daredevil. You said you hadn't seen Daredevil, right? No, I never seen Daredevil. I yeah. Didn't. So you also wouldn't. Because he plays Kingpin in Daredevil, which again, I I think they're gonna like do a soft reboot. I I I, I really think he's gonna be a soft reboot when we get there. Well, I don't know. I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I think the way this story ends because like you know you don't bring back Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin and then kind of end it on the way this does. There is a Daredevil story. He's in the Brian Michael Bendis era where he is blind. Oh, so I think that's going to be how it's gonna play out where him really? and Matt are going to be on a level playing field, as it were. And I could be talking out of my ass, but I think that's what they're going to set up. Because, I mean, she shoots him straight in the head. Although, and that's why I mentioned at the top, top of the show, is that Kingpin here has plot armor. Plot armor plus. Like, the guy gets, like, hit by a car, electrocuted. And, I'm like, I get he's the Kingpin, but he's also a man. <laughs> See, that was my question. I didn't know. So again, me as casual watcher, you know, I see him get shot with an arrow, look <laughs> at it, grimace and remove it. And I'm like, oh, I guess does Kingpin have like super duper strength or oh, no, like, he's just a man. Admitanium, <laughs> you know, whatever bones. I don't know. So again, for me as casual MCU person who knows nothing about these characters, I just kind of roll with it. He, and he's just throwing her around. And I love the fact that he never like finishes her off. Like nobody ever tries to finish Kate Bishop off. <laughs> like again, Yelena could, like you said, easily finish. Easily her. killed her. Easily, like, she without any question. But you know, she like you said, which is a very cool scene. He just keeps batting her away like a fly. Like get out of here, girl. She wasn't her. important. I mean, that's the kind of the whole point right. is that they don't see a reason to kill her because she's not important to them. You know, she's just. She has no importance to them. And that that's the it, thing they consider her, you know, not worthy of it. Well, her yeah, whole life has been her just like killing people that she didn't want to. So now she's like, I can choose to save someone. Wow, like yeah. I don't have oh, to yeah. randomly kill this person anymore. I'm not under someone else's control who just I have to kill everyone to finish the mission. It's like, look, just get out of my way. Like you're not important and let's hang out after all this is done. Like, that's what I want to see. Oh, I would love to see like a quick, like they just used to do like the Marvel shorts, you know, like those little shorts of, uh, you know, between different movies and in the different phases, I would love to see a short of them just hanging out around the city, <laughs> going to like a, going to like a dive bar and then headed to the, getting a little hammered, going to the tree, you know, all that fun stuff. I want them to have the day that Kate suggested. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> during too. their chit chat, I would love that so much. <laughs> like, guy, right, we couldn't be good friends now, and just go and have a hang. I think that'd be really yeah. funny. But yeah, I, that's a very interesting point. Yeah, she's she's choosing. I have I was paid to do a thing. I was not paid to kill you. Paid to kill Barton. And the, uh, by the way, I want to anyway because I think she killed Black Widow, or think he killed uh, Black. So all that I think is is good and fine. This Kingpin thing, I was like, oh, that's neat. And my other thought was, I bet you the comic book people are be really happy because like uh, combination, I got to okay. say, to be honest, yeah. some people were happy. Some people were upset because this Kingpin is kind of a joke compared to the Kingpin in the Daredevil show. A lot of people were saying a lot of people were upset with that. He got beat by Kate Bishop. But again, to also no. further another comment, this is her show. 
So of course she's gonna win, and she's a hero. Like and that's in, just how this works. In Daredevil, like he's just fighting a man who's good at karate. Yeah, like sure. this, he's fighting someone who has like explosive arrows and yeah. net arrows and all this thing. So yeah, he's going to struggle a bit more than you know, guy. Like, I mean, guy? he's really good at karate, but he's just really good at karate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because she beats him by blowing him up pretty much. So it's like that that tracks like that's a fair statement versus like what, you know, him fighting a guy just does karate. And then yeah. even by the end, it's almost like even explosions just make him look like Wiley Coyote when like a TNT goes off in his face where he's just like walking it off to his car. It's like, no, you should barely be able to walk. <laughs> you should be kind of almost dead. Yeah, but he's not. So, hey, I mean, I'm that's saying something right there that he's these, you know, I also don't. I'm wondering because the last scene you see is Echo puts a gun to his head and then it goes off screen, pulls the trigger like you were talking about earlier where he might be blind. I'm curious. I didn't think about that, but that you know, would be cool if that's the road they go. But either way, I'm excited to see what happens with like I'm I'm looking forward to the Echo show and I'm looking forward to the Daredevil show, which we're getting. I'm looking forward to both. See, I'm not sure if I really want, and that's a problem where, like, I I get why they're using certain characters because it is important. Like, you have Echo, who is a disabled actress, and that's great because it shows a different side. And, like, Riri Williams in Wakanda Forever. These are great characters to put on the screen, but there's not a lot of source material to mine for the shows. But I guess that means they can do whatever they want. So maybe it is great, but I mean, I'm not really excited to watch Echo, but I'm like, I don't know, su- like surprise me, be excellent. Oh, sure. and to further what you said earlier, they are really toning it down next year. We only get six shows next year. Only six. Only six? <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're tuning. <laughs> and only one announced for 2024 so far, which is Daredevil. Everything else is 2023. Yeah, you get two in early 2023. Two in mid-2023, and then two in late-23. So, yeah. In between that, you have Ant-Man, Guardians... And the Marvels. But thankfully, and... only three. I'm, I'm glad it's only three, and I can't wait for Guardians Galaxy Volume 3 to come out. Hope it's good, and to be done, and never have to see those damn characters again, hopefully. Really? I'm tired, I'm tired of them. Oh, man. The two Guardians, of the, Guardians of the Galaxy broke. may be my favorite part of... I think it's going to be the best trilogy of the entire MCU. And that's all on the shoulders of James Gunn. That's fair. I'm just tired of Chris Pratt. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it for me, too, is that I am tired of him. He has some great moments in the holiday special. And may I I ask a a semi-pertinent question, especially since this is a video game show, primarily? Why do we all hate Chris Pratt all of a sudden? Like, what what is why did popular opinion sour on him? Isn't he an anti-vaxxer? I don't know. There are some things, but um, and and it's even like with Wakanda Forever, because one of the things I didn't like about that is that I heard things by the actress who played Shuri that she was problematic during that production. So everything they did with that character, and I'm not going to get into spoilers for a movie that's barely a month old. Yeah. Where I yeah, couldn't connect with that character because I don't like her as a person. Chris. And I don't know with the Chris Pratt. I know it's a lot there, but I know James Gunn, when he cast the actor who played Vigilante, and I've said this before, probably on this show, like he did an asshole check 
like he asked Elizabeth Banks, who had that actor in Pitch Perfect, like, is this guy an asshole? And she said, no, he's great. And James Gunn is like, look, y'all say this about Chris Pratt. I work with him. He's he's a good dude. So that's I'm like, if James Gunn says so, man, that's fine by me. I don't care anymore. Uh, For me, it's two things. One, I think I'm just tired of the actor. One, he's an anti-vaxxer, which kind of annoys me, more annoys me, but it's not. I'm just tired of him being in so much stuff. That's a big part of it. I'm just like, he's been in so many things. I'm just like, eh, I don't need to see you anymore. So it's like early 2000s Ben Affleck. <laughs> I'm just, that, that's a big okay. part. I'm just tired of him. <laughs> and I really am tired of, I really hated Guardians 2. That's a big part of it. I thought that really? movie was god awful. You listen to my review where I bitch about it for two hours with him. Okay, with oh, Bill and Mike. So good. I just did not like that movie. And, that really what soured me on Chris Pratt and really soured me on the Guardians was after that movie. It just wasn't. I love the first one. Absolutely love the first one. And the second one was just not my cup of tea, unfortunately. It was the humor didn't work for me. So I'm that's so. I'm, and then Thor, Love and Thunder. I mean, they're in it for a little bit, but they're not really in it. They're just there just because, again, I still believe Guardians, Guardians 3 was supposed to come out before Thor did. And then Disney was stupid, fired James Gunn and led to all that bullshit. So. That's my opinion with that. And now he's become their greatest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, they never... I mean, I get it, but really, if you're going to fire somebody, maybe you should, you know, look at what... Not fall to Twitter Twitter idiots, essentially, what they did, so... Not okay. uh, to, to get completely off topic. I remember... I don't remember the Guardians 2. I remember being very lukewarm on it. The guy found it... Uh, pieces of it extraordinarily mean and like you said mike during that i do remember you saying that everybody now in that cast is chris pratt like everybody's trying to be star lord like there's no it felt like there was no more individuality between the players but we again listen to that show that's a ways away so give that a listen i can't remember if i i know i didn't love it not nearly as much as the first one mike Um, i feel i have to gift you a copy of guardians of the galaxy to play on your steam deck oh i mean the only reason i haven't bought it yet because i just I'm not ready to put it on the show yet, but I do really want to play it. And I'm sure I'll like it. It's I'm really sh- short, too. It's only like 15 hours long, and it is so good. Maybe next if everything works out next year, maybe we can I can find it. If it goes on sale for cheap, I'll, I'll buy it. If I see it again for $15, it's, I'll buy it. It's probably on sale right now. It's 60 right now on Steam at the time. Of oh, the my recording. God. Really? OK, so the season. So anyway, yeah, back, I guess, back on track a little bit. No, I mean, which is which is fine. Um, I'm just trying to get a little hungry. <laughs> I'm actually hungry too, so I'm gonna go eat when we're done recording. <laughs> same, same. So I think the let's let's kind of bring it back. So final episode, we've kind of talked about Yelena not really fighting <laughs> Kate. We, we've so got, we talked about Kingpin not really trying to fight Kate either. Just get out of my way, and everyone kind of tossing her aside like she's got nothing to do with nothing. We do need to talk about the final set piece, which which yes, okay, do. listen, bafflingly. I found this very, very silly. And this is kind of when the movie, I'm going to keep calling it a movie. This is when the, the movie took a bit of a turn. I laughed pretty good at the complete absurdity of it. Out, completely and utterly absurd. It was to have Hawkeye stuck in a tree. Him going, oh, how do I get down? Hawkeye, you're an Avenger. Go down. It's a tree. Now, mind you, I understand it's the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. It's monstrous. If, you have, if you've never seen it, it's imposing. It really is a sight to see. It's one of those things, kind of bucket list. You oh, really I'm doing should it now. See it. 100% it's, a couple years from now. If you go to the city, try to go mid-December. Don't go like the week of Christmas or anything because you will not get 
it's a sea of human beings. It's especially if at night you almost can't walk. It's really, really rough. So go like mid-December. You won't have too much of a problem. The So cutting the tree in half by removing the supports that hold it up. Now, I don't know how this thing stays aloft, but it's a tree. Trees are designed <laughs> to stay up. It's what they do. Now, mind you, it's not rooted to the ground. They probably have some sort of support. I have no idea. This thing falling and breaking really put a shock in me. Like, oh, this was old school Avengers. We cause more problems than we do fix them. <laughs> we cause more damage than we're worth. This I am now back in the side of what was it? Ross, whoever it was, the senator. Yeah, it's Ross. I think it was Infinity War or whatever it was saying you guys cause way more destruction. I mean, I understand. Sure. Space lugs from space. I get it. You had to take care of that problem. But look at all this disaster. Right? And you don't stick around to clean it up. You just don't. You just leave and let regular human beings clean up your mess. This That's what this strokes me. My first thought was, that's got to crash with that ice. That has to crash through the skating rink. Because the Rockefeller Center, you, when you look at the tree, I believe 30 Rock is behind it. So there, and I believe the gala that they're at is actually at 30 Rock. I, I can't remember when it. It might have been to the like hotel thing that's to the left of it, but which is where like NBC is. And that thing crashes through. And I'm like, that, doesn't that have to have to have to go through the ice, especially when they're doing like fire arrows and explosive napalm shots on the ice. Now, I don't know if that ice is solid all the way to the ground. I genuinely don't know. I'm assuming it is because if not, you know, it'd be a big lawsuit <laughs> if all of a sudden you know people are <laughs> skating on it and you can skate on the Rockefeller Center ice you just go up and skate i think you need to bring your own skates i don't think they actually have them but you can certainly do that if you like but yeah i don't know man i that was that's when this movie got to the point where okay we're now in marvel ridiculousness a million tracksuits show up to fight the the our our, our heroes there's like 500 of, like um, i want to say like 300 of them show up that may be a little large and and this is just a really a lot of people fun scene of arrows and things blowing up and creative ways of dispatching people. And, and there's no stakes. Like, you know, your heroes are going to be fine. No police presence whatsoever. The cops don't show up and say, Hey, stop. <laughs> just leave it alone. They figure out oh, an Avengers got it. We can just hang out on the, on the uh, periphery and wait for this to kind of just all boil over. So I, uh, what do y'all think about this kind of final scene of Hawkeye and new Hawkeye working as a team to um, dispatch a bunch of tracksuits. And by the way, while we were talking, Mr. Kenneth sent us a uh, a picture of tracksuits that you can get on Wish for like ten forty nine. Now, and he sent this to uh, sent us about maybe a half an hour ago. That deal was only available for another four minutes mm. when you when you sent that. So your deal may have expired. Oh, it, was, yeah. would, it was a while ago because we've been talking about that was a ten. Yeah, he sent that a while ago. Yeah. So I would like to know, Ken, <laughs> what the cost is now. And if you could put three hundred in your cart, now I don't want you to spend three hundred, three thousand dollars on tracksuit. Right. Curious how many you can get in your cart. <laughs> it's well, wish. It doesn't mean Aussie send it to you. Yeah, that that's fair. But I'm just saying, you know, these kind of companies that are largely based over in the Asian market uh, do typically contract out for larger amounts of work. And yeah, that's absolutely something that could happen now. Fair. That's fair. And they probably have they probably have connections over there. At the five folks at Abdosi, which is what these instead of Adidas is Abodisi. That's it. Um, five <laughs> folks at Abodisi who have made these tracksuits instead of with the with the Adidas logo, probably like an extra line in it. Uh, that's, uh, I love Wish. 
sometimes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, Ooh. sorry, I I had to. I had I, I to. really I really really enjoy this fight. I just I do have one thought that I, I really want to mention about how they would they. I mean, one they're murdering people left and right, and the part that really got me is when the truck is about to hit them, they shrink the truck, and she's like. Well, how do we get them back to normal size? And the yes. owl takes away the truck. Those fuckers are dead. Yes. They are very <laughs> dead. They are either going to stay small and the truck will fall and they'll be crushed to death, or more than likely it will rip the truck open and they'll be eaten by an owl. That's a yeah. terrible they feel like a terrible way to die. It's not great. It really isn't great. And it bothered um, me. Well, the good news is you'll have to see when the owl drops you because it really will it'll happen when the CGI animator hits the turns off his computer and the owl goes away because that is one of the worst CGI owls I have seen. <laughs> now, not not for nothing. I haven't seen a lot of CGI owls. I'm not an expert, but oh boy, oh boy, that CGI drawing comes in and grabs that. <laughs> grabs the pin particle. Uh, I don't know. I just, it it just moment. really it's hit me moment. up like, you just murdered these guys in a terror. You just fed them to an owl. Like, did they deserve that? You like Maybe I've been watching like, Batman lately. Maybe that's, that's it. I've been watching a lot of Batman where I'm like, that's not what Batman would do. That's like legitimately out of like Dishonored, you know, when you have the bad choice and the worst choice and you chase the worst choice. The good choice is actually the worst choice when you don't kill them <laughs> and they're stuck in the clock tower. Okay, what do you think of the final of fight? Dialogue oh. being like, oh, yeah, Scott said they're only temporary. They'll grow back in like 10 minutes. And then the owl grabs them and it's like, uh, hopefully they grow back before the owl gets them there you go yeah i would i just just wrote your problem that way all right thank you (laughs) ken what did you think of the of the fight i thought this fight was absolutely the big dumb and (laughs) i loved it i loved it i was here for it this is exactly what it needed to be great like it by this point I was watching them as they came out. By this point, I had already thrown away the, all right, this is going to be my life as a weapon. I had, By episode four, I was like, okay, this yeah, is right. going to be something else. This is going to be Disney. This is going to be the Disney version. Whatever, it's fine. I'm dealing with it. And this, this end fight was just so dumb <laughs> in all the best ways. And this really brought it home to me that this is the closest thing Marvel will likely ever get to a Shane Black movie. It takes place on Christmas. It's got great buddy cop vibes. There's ridiculous situations that end in even more ridiculous resolutions. This is basically Marvel's lethal weapon. <laughs> there. Said it. Okay. Well done. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, man, I... You said it's it's this is the big dumb, and I am very much so here for big dumb, especially during the holidays, which I overdose on big dumb. I just <laughs> love all of it. So I just want to I just want to comment on that. So this mimicking Shane Black is better than the Shane Black Marvel movie that he actually did. Okay, <laughs> that's right. I forgot he did Iron Man three. <laughs> yep, that's a movie, all right. Yeah, stupid Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. I think I liked. I think I put it on the shelf though when we watched it. Ugh. You did. You I really did. enjoyed it that watch through. I don't know why. I just why did. am I still on this show with you? You did put it <sighs> on the shelf. You were like overjoyed about it. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to rewatch it to see what I think, but I, 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 know, I, 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 I got nothing. Because we're talking about Shane Black. That that was, I think, the episode where you where I said to you, Mike, I don't think you're saying how much you liked it. I think you're saying how much you didn't mind it. <laughs> you didn't yeah, like it. You hit. just didn't mind. It just it didn't bug you, and that's not the 
that's not a litmus test for a, for a shelf, sir. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, no, I, I, I dig that. Yeah. This it's, it's a Marvel lethal, lethal weapon is, is a very, very apt description. And that's good. Yeah. Or it, any, it's what I needed it to be. Oh, oh Blair, what did you, what did you think of the final part? It was fine. Uh, I think by this point when I was watching it, I, and it's been, a, it's been a theme for me all year with a lot of products or projects that have come out where people love them, but I'm indifferent to them. And I think there's something wrong with me. And Hawkeye was kind of the start of that where everyone was like every week after week, everyone was saying that they loved it. And my fiance and I are like, are we watching like a different show? Like what's <laughs> wrong with us? Nothing. And by the end of it, I was just like, okay, it's cool to see Vincent D'Onofrio come back, but then he's there and then just gets like bulldozed literally and <laughs> is gone. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was fine. <laughs> okay. Any last things we say before we move on to shelf stacker box? Uh, maybe just one quick note because oh, we, we did kind of with the yeah you're right. There oh yeah, go, yeah. Let's stop <laughs> at the ending. It's the ending is after their big battle. Of course, we have a, ve- a little overlong scene of Yelena and and, and Cliff kind of just battling half-heartedly, it felt like. kind of mimicked a little bit of when Black Widow and Cliff had to fight when he was under Loki's control, like just kind of half-hearted. And didn't feel like she was really trying to end him, because I think at this point she could have very easily, because he had just done battle with 300, you know, <laughs> 300 people in tracksuits. Like, I don't think he was in his best shape. Um, they, they have this kind of resolution where she finally admits to herself that her, her sister sacrificed herself. Shouldn't be too much of a surprise. It's Black Widow. Um, they have this very tearful scene. I didn't find it terribly tearful, but I guess the actors did. Great. Fantastic. Um, I did find it tearful when he was staring, when he was in, when he goes to put on the Ronin suit, which we don't talk about again, and uh, fight, fight. Oh, God. Echo. Up her name. Echo, thank Maya. you. We didn't talk about that whole Maya, sequence. Yeah. Maya, thank you. Uh, to, to fight Mayo, he's, he's kind of like talking to her. He takes, his, he takes his hearing aid out, and he's talking to her, like, that I need to to do this thing, et cetera, et cetera. I got a tear on. I, that, that was like a, oh, that caught me. And um, I didn't really care about Black Widow falling off a cliff. But it's <laughs> not yeah, me either. I, I'm, I'm not, I've never been a huge Black Widow fan. I, 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 I just don't really like Scarlett Johansson that much as an actress. And I don't really like Black Widow that much as a character. So the whole movie and her finale i was like oh it's okay i'd rather have hawkeye survive <laughs> i just really like scarlett johansson well well documented i i mean i like i like scarlett johansson in certain roles that she she's done some good work in the past yeah, um, jojo rabbit's great uh, uh her she's very good in um under the skin she doesn't speak much she has like two lines of dialogue but it's a very good movie either. good it's a bit of a horror movie mike it's weird that's why i haven't seen it yet She's naked quite a bit. Not that fire you said. That, you that know, does a little bit, actually. But I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So her have him having that conversation leading into this final moment with Yelena and kind of just going their separate ways, her realizing kind of coming to terms with her grief. Like this is a step in the right direction in her grief of losing her sister, you know. Uh, so that, that's pretty neat. They go back to the farm, right? meet up with the fam. They're there in time for Christmas. Hooray. And uh, and then they kind of have that final moment where they're burning the Ronin, Ronin suit on this very tiny charcoal grill. What are you cooking on that, Bart? Come on. Clearly, you're not a chef. Yeah, because so, that was a little odd. 
There was something. Okay, so the Ronin costume was in the apartment that was on fire. I thought the same thing. Go ahead. So I <laughs> thought the costume was somehow fireproof. Same. And he's like, okay, well, whatever. Just throw more fire on it and then we'll leave. And then he's just like, okay, well, I can just take care of this on my barbecue. I'm like, question mark? Why didn't you just do that from the in the burning building? Why were you trying to be get like, in? yeah. Ronan died in the burning building. There you go. But then you don't have a show. <laughs> That's true. I thought the exact same thing. And I'm like, like, hey, Barney, you do realize that when you put lighter fluid on things, if it's not, if it's flame retardant, like clearly it is in that apartment, it, the lighter fluid just burns off and then it stays there, like looking at you stupidly. Yeah. I don't know. And is the Ronin suit anything special? Like, is it like armored? Is it made out of goofy Marvel material? Like, or is it just like a suit? Well, we wouldn't know that if they ever gave us more than five minutes of Ronin. But no, we can't have that. <laughs> so, I, what's the what's the answer? I don't, I don't. Is it like a thing? The I have answer, no idea. Probably. No, no one knows. That's fair. Yeah, that's a I, same thought. Nicely done, Blair. Thank you for reminding me. I just know but I had his first appearance in comics. That's all I know. A long, long time ago, for a dollar or three dollars. <laughs> yeah, and then it kind of just ends on that, and then of course we have the final. Rogers the musical, the entire opening song, and my have you guys ever seen a Broadway musical? I know you haven't been to New York, no. but maybe something of that. Yes, <laughs> I'm actually quite a musical fan. Okay, cool. Okay. So you I've, I've watched like movies. Like I watched Spirited on Apple TV Plus, which is fantastic, by the way. See, I haven't seen Spirited. So anyway, I so Kenneth, as a as a fan of musicals, as an as a as a connoisseur, perhaps, I don't know if you'd label yourself as, as such. What did you think like of, of Rogers? I first off, putting this on Broadway, this reeks of off Broadway. Like, yes, I know that Mark Shaman did the work, uh, did the song. You see him as a conductor; it's very wonderful. But like, come on, this is not Broadway level songs. <laughs> like, it, it's it's not like the performance. Sure, performance is Broadway caliber, but. The quality of the show, just now, again, based off of one song. This is presumably about Steve Rogers' whole life. So it's likely that there is, you know, an entire, you know, after intermission act about the Sokovia Accords and, you know, having to fight through everything. And, like, this is one song. You can't judge a musical off of one song, but I damn sure will and say, nope. I, I, I think I'm in the nope camp as well because you're you're exactly right. This is very off Broadway. This is like on the this is like Eighth Avenue theater. You know, like this is yeah, like this is like on the uh, the side streets of of Broadway, like a 46th Street as opposed to 42nd. It's uh yeah, it's fine. The production value is what is what is what gets it right. The really cheesy production value. There's not much mm -hmm. of a set, which is that's what those shows do. There's not much of a set. They kind of focus on the on the performances. Again, the the costumes are really cheesy. You know, the Hulk. Come on now, he's wearing a green shirt with green paint on him. Please, and he's going Swash! with a piece of styrofoam. Clearly, and Ant a piece Man of is in the show. Why Ant Man wasn't there? Hawkeye. That was funny though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ant Man wasn't there, but people like Ant Man, so you gotta have him in your in your musical. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was catchy enough though. The song was in my head. The song did what it's supposed to do. It was in my. It got in my in my skull. I don't know. It was like a fifty dollar ticket on a Tuesday, <laughs> and nothing else to do. Maybe you know, <sighs> orchestra seats for fifty. I don't know. 
All right. And I think that brings us then to Shelf Stacker Box. And Ken, what about you? Uh, I like this show. I like it a lot. I can't shelf it. It's going on the stack. Okay. Even with Kingpin, and I love me some Kingpin. I love Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. This is a match made in heaven as far as casting goes. It felt like nobody was used as well as they could be in the show. The direction was good. The writing got bogged down in trying to be too cute. And eh, I like it fine, but I don't love it. So, Stackeroonie. Okay. Oh, what about you, Blair? You know, it was funny leading up to the show. I was thinking of the whole shelf stack and boxing. And I feel there needs to be like a streaming equivalent of like, don't recommend watching it again and maybe leave it in the queue for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll put it in the stack, I guess. Uh, I... I didn't love it when it came out. I'm pretty sure I've explained why throughout the course of the past two plus hours. Um, I just think it's for a show based on a character who's a marksman. It's very aimless. And the characters like I like Haley Steinfeld or Seinfeld Steinfeld, the (laughs) actress from Bumblebee in the edge of 17. Um, (laughs) And of course, Florence Pugh is great. And yeah, Kingpin showing up is cool, but I wanted to like this a lot more than I did, and I probably would not have watched it again if not for being on this great show. Okay. All right. And what about you, Bill? Uh, you know, I think I'm I'm actually going to to shelf this. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. I had a blast. <laughs> I could see myself watching this kind of every year, like as a little Christmas uh, or holiday, you know. Little, little holiday smile, you know, and because and again, I think for me, I have no connection to the source material. I only have a connection to the to the movies, you know. So whatever Marvel has fed me, that's what I that's what I know. So for me, the act, the performances across the board are really good. Um, Haley Seinfeld is wonderful. Also known as the actress from True Grit, <laughs> she was wonderful <laughs> in that. She, she's fantastic. I love. Um, yeah, I just really not to go over it all again. I really enjoyed the connection, you know, and I, I that was what really sold me on it. The action is fine, and I think my brain washed over the plot holes because I was having such a good time with likable characters in New York, which of course for me is always bonus points. Whatever, I'm biased. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shelf it. This might be a little something I. I'd rather watch this every year than than, than Elf. As much as I like Elf, everywhere I turn, someone's trying to show me Elf. Everywhere. I you made me watch it. Elf last year. I like Elf a lot. I, I did too, Ashley, unfortunately. I, I like it a lot. I don't know if I need to see it, ever see it again. This might replace Elf as like, it's just a yearly kind of, hey, Jane, let's watch Hawkeye. She didn't see it with me. I think, she, I think she'd enjoy it. But yeah, shelf it. Okay. All right, I'll go last. I'm also going to put this on the shelf. I really enjoyed this show. I... I remember as we were as I was rewatching it for the show. I remember, oh yeah, last year when I saw this, I said I'm going to cover this next year for Christmas, and oh, we did. But I really enjoyed it. I, I had a good time with the show. I thought it was very entertaining. I it's a very good Christmas show. And one thing that we didn't mention at the end of every credit is a Christmas song when the credits play. And I just I really enjoyed. It. This is a perfect show to watch in December when you're getting ready for Christmas. You watch it once and you forget about it the rest of the year. Maybe you come back each year. But it's a Christmas show, 100%. And I'm putting the shelf. I'm so glad we finally covered it. And I'm so glad that Phase 4 is done and I'm covering more stuff finally. Because it feels good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and Blair, where can people find you at? You can find me on uh, at comicbookvideogames.com. 
that's where I do all my writing. Uh, just recently, I don't know when this is going to come out. Uh, so this one. We, uh, uh, I published this one. an interview with uh, Chris Sutherland from Platonic uh, about working on The Amazing Spider-Man for Game Boy. And maybe by the time this comes out, I'll you'll see the big thing that I just found out about the weekend of this recording that I'm really excited about. So, yeah, Keith, stay tuned. December 22nd, this should be dropping. Everything goes right to my point. All right. And Bill, where can people find you at? Um, I, you, you really could at this point. The podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40. I think, yeah, Blair's been on. Mike, of course. And Kenny have not been on yet. So we'll have to we'll have to fix that in the new year. Right now, um, I'm in the midst of a Zelda retrospective that's about two months in and has about two months left to go. <laughs> I didn't realize how this long is going to be. It'll probably finish up in February. So by the time this is released, yeah, they'll, we'll, I'll have wrapped up this year's bit of it. And then starting in January, uh, we'll be on Ocarina of Time. Our, our friend, Helena, is going to be on the show. Her, I think I'm starting off January with her story of Ocarina of Time and her personal connections to it. It's a really fun uh, fun and good interview, if I say so myself. So uh, A Gamer Looks at 40, wherever you listen to your favorite or eighth favorite podcast. <laughs> and if you enjoyed the show, you can hear all our other MCUs. We went through all the movies up to Shang-Chi so far, which is like, I think, or no, yes, yeah, Shang-Chi's already out at the time you're hearing this. God, I think it's what, 25 movies MCU or something like that. God, it's a lot. So yeah, go check out all that giant stuff. We have over 400 episodes on our catalog. You can find everything on Podbean. If you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes, Podcast Addict's another way to pull up all our episodes because there are a ton because I keep producing because I'm insane, as I say many times on the show. And I want to give a shout out my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. You can follow her on TikTok. And if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon for as little as a dollar. You can vote in the Patreon poll. And at the time that you're hearing this, the Patreon poll is Mike's Christmas gift. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Uh, you get to help me decide which thing I'm going to cover. Either Eternal, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire movie, Amazing Spider-Man 2, or Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Because all those I have to cover before we can do the Amazing Spider-Man No Way Home in my world. I feel like I need to cover all that stuff first. So That's please true. help me choose something so I don't have to choose myself. <laughs> so yes, that's what that is. And we have a Discord. You can join chat with us. Please join. You can also suggest <laughs> things. I'm putting a, I start a new channel on Discord where you can suggest things that I'll cover, whether it will happen or not. I don't know. But hey, it's a channel on there. So join us and comment. And I look forward to seeing more people in our Discord. All right. And I think that's every. Oh, yeah. Please follow Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. And I will. we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So long, bro. Bye, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good.